0: G'day, Blood Lords! AOS Coach here, and we are talking all things Corn. I'm wearing my Corn hat. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I always make sure I wear this Corn hat when we talk all things Blades of Corn. Now, if you're a fan of the channel, you probably see me talking a fair bit about like the Dawnbringers Book One and Dawnbringers Book Two, and you're wondering why am I talking Corn? And it's because they haven't gotten an update. There hasn't been any special rules. There's no little minor heroes. But given that we are in uh, the Antorian Locust Generals Handbook 2023, I thought it was a great time to let the dust settle and talk all things Skulls for the Skull God. Uh, I'm joined by Crutch Hammers' Blake McLaughlin, who has been reaping many, many, many skulls in the name of corn. And I thought, who better to give me a bit of a like a revisit and maybe add on to the layers of all the other corn discussions we've had so far. But Before we get into the chat, I'll pass it over to Blake to introduce himself and tell us why of all of the chaos gods, the five, yes, Skaven, I will make sure I acknowledge you in in, in the Pantheon. No. Uh, (laughs) whenever I say the four chaos gods, I always get the little snarky, like you know, reminding me. I'm like, and then you know I'll say
1: five. Doesn't count.
0: And then they'll go, Oh, but what about hush hut? Then I'm like geez, guys. Anyway, let's talk about the mighty corn. Blake. Who are you and why is Corn the best chaos god?
1: Yeah, so, hey everyone, name's Blake. I uh, started AOS in 2021, um, come off 40K, got a bit sick of 40K, was when it was just the rules bloat, and um, picked up a box of bloodletters in like June 2021. And I was like, yeah, these guys are pretty cool. And then I very quickly ballooned out into buying like two bloodthirsters and then it turned into a third bloodthirster. And before I knew it, it was just... Blades of Corn all the way, diving into the lore. And I didn't realize that um, Blades of Corn doesn't play like what it reads on the tin. I was expecting like Iron Jaws, like Run Forward and Smash. Quickly found out it's actually very much a thinking person's army. Like it's all about the movement phase, planning three turns in it ahead. At first I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like fun, but I quickly grew to love the play style. And when you get all those pieces moving correctly and you bring down the crescendo of violence in that one winning turn it's such a good feeling i just find it's a very rewarding playstyle. so it does yeah. make
0: you i know i know there's been plenty of times i've had these discussions where i'm like i feel like i i personally wish it was like daughters of Cain meets Angels. yeah you're right it's like a beautiful science in it and it's not just run forward and smash yeah there's a lot of list tech which makes it i guess multi-dimensional which is which is kind of neat
1: It's a very, very techie army compared to the last book. Like last book was definitely, the whole book was held up by Scarbrand, you know, love the man, but the whole book was just Scarbrand and whatever else. And this new book is very techie. Everything in the book is great. All the War Scrolls are great. And it's all pointed very well, I find. There's no outliers
0: yeah yeah i'm sure you'd love a bunch of discounts i actually quickly looked at the (laughs) battle scroll to see if he had any points increases or decreases bring the
1: down i need the broom down to 280 he's not good anymore
0: (laughs) look if i'm making any demands i want a new valkia model like that's my one demand like as soon as valkia gets a new sculpt i think i'm a corn player i I think that is the clutch
1: i'm willing to bet it's coming with this um new narrative series um i've been talking with um josh um another crutch hammer boy in orange and we both reckon when the Corn book comes out for that narrative series, it's going to be Valkia getting the glow up because she's one of the last models in that book that actually needs a proper plastic model um, yeah. other than like a few really weird outliers, which are probably just going to get taken out to the back shed um, next edition.
0: Oh, like uh, what's, what is it? The um, what's the model that's in the first edition um, starter box that didn't have like a single model for years um, I'm trying to say the slaughter brute, but I know it's not the slaughter brute, it's the oh, think, The Korgorath, that's that's yeah. the one oh. in my head. It was slaughter brute. I'm like, no, no, Anthony, it's no. not the slaughter brute,
1: just justice for Korgorath. He's just there. Just, I want to love them, I want to use them, but they're just they don't do anything.
0: So, talk to me about corn, right? So, uh, well, obviously, we yeah, have been talking corn, but I'm going to rein you in for a second. And hmm. you made a comment earlier about the updated book, so it's been what. Three six, six months ish, we've had this new corn
1: uh, book about that. Yeah, I want to say like four six months. I okay. think it's, I think the first big event that we had in Australia with it was Sydney Slaughter, if I'm not mistaken. I think okay. that might have been the first big one, but yeah, a big shift from the old book, like huge shift from the old book. Um, so the old list I used to run in the old book was just Scar Brand, two boom and for those at home who don't know, it's the bloodthirst that it does. Mumbo mortal wounds. If you get the jackpot sixes, a um, few blood reavers and a uh, blood secretor, um, very straightforward. It was just go big or go home. If you lost Scarbrand, it was a game over. But that was also the days when you could stack Scarbrand's mortal wound axe. So there were times uh my most memorable game was against Ash McKillen. He charged two mega gargants into Scarbrand. I've saved every single save I had to make, and then Scarbrand just dropped two mega gargants from full health and that was game but then moving into the new book um gw did a phenomenal job at making the entire book work you know it was no longer Scarbrand, Fenito. finito it was blood blood letters are fantastic now blood warriors are great skull reapers are great wrath mongers are great yada 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 you can do mortals demons they almost didn't miss like Almost all the War Scrolls are usable, which is the sign of a great book. You know, a book can be externally balanced, great, and internally horrible, but I feel like the Blades of Corn book is internally balanced well and externally balanced well in um, the current meta because, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only book so far that hasn't had massive sweeping changes like the recent Slaanesh book. It had a few big sweeping changes. Um, Seraphon, I think, it had a few changes, especially with, like, the teleports one of them. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's just a better book overall. I don't feel like I'm shoehorned into one particular playstyle. And you can see that in the lists that are performing worldwide. Like mortal lists go great, demon lists go great, mix of both go great. Um it's good.
0: And that there is right there, right? Because prior to this book it felt like demons was the winner. Um hmm. When when I was reading this tome for the first time, uh, I was generally impressed with the mortal side, you know, yeah. especially things like blood crushes. And um, there were so many mortal things where I'm like, this is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah. And it was bringing, yeah, there was a couple of changes like the blood yeah. secretor and things like that. Like but
1: Some of the little mortal heroes suffer from Stormcast Syndrome where there's just so many of them. So you're going to have a few bad ones, but that's just because there's so many of them. But, yeah, like you said, everything in the book's better now. Old book was just, hey, Reapers of Vengeance and Bloodthirsters. That's it. You might yeah. as well rip all the other pages out of the book because that's all you can ever take.
0: But what I was going to call you out on was um, for the first time in a long time, it feels like you can do a blended list where mm. in the past it felt like all demons or all mortals. But now it feels like I can do both and I'm not trading. I'm not trading off something. And in fact, I'm adding layers to my army, which is really neat.
1: Yeah, 100%. But yeah. um, Yeah, in regards to that, they they managed to make even the lore, like how the units feel in the lore, they now translate to the tabletop even better. Like blood warriors feel like an anvil that you crash upon. And the blood letters just feel like a murderous host of demons that will just Blend whatever gets in front of them
0: is there any favorite units that you've found so far in the current season on the,
1: on um GBU you talk 23? to anyone um i think you'll know the uh, the blood letters that take the cake for me um when i first got into aos in june 2021 and i i just painted up 20 blood letters and then i found out they're terrible so they just sat on the shelves and then as soon as the new book came around i was like they're even going to give them two attacks or they're going to give them two inch reach and then GW came out and was like, how about both plus an extra wound? And I was like, bet. And I just painted up another 30. So most of my lists will take two units of 20 plus a unit of 10 in the toolbox for a unit of summons. And take him in Blood Lords and they'll just blend or whatever they touch. Followed up is the Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury. He's He goes in every single list. You probably know about him. Gives out a 3d6 charge. He, um, Most people take him as a priest, so I use the scorpion combo where he just uses a prayer to pull something towards him, giving the no ward artifact. So you just, oh, what's that? You've got a unit of 30, Um, you know, more tech, like more tech. just pull them in, shut off the ward, and then just blender. Um, And then for third place is right now, it's got to be my blood crushers. They've just been the MVP. There's the pin and win. Like it takes a lot to chew through 30 wounds on a three up and they can just cross the table.
0: There's a couple of other units that I've, I've like I was doing my own research. I'm not a corn player, um, mm. so I don't know, like, take, no this with of, take this with a grain. Take this with a grainers. I told you as soon as Valkyrie gets a model, I'm in. I am in. I love painting red. I, I want blood thirsters. They and blood letters. And I still have um, PSTD from first edition where blood letters could charge you in turn one and just completely slap you off the table.
1: Yeah. There um, is the joke. There is the joke in the group that I can only paint in red.
0: I love seems like, red.
1: It seems like oh, all, you, all you do is paint in red and I'm like, yeah,
0: it's fun. It's easy. It is a lot of fun and it, it, I just love red. Um, but what I was going to say, though, is there's a couple of other units that I've seen really stand out in the competitive scene. Um, hmm. Fleshhounds seem like they're back in and back really well because yeah. you used to take like one unit or two to- two units, like token screens and maybe yeah. an unbind or two. But I'm seeing people like go all in on, on Fleshhounds and even like – to complement that then you see the claws of karanak coming in and yeah the cheeky pre-game move i'm like you know and and as you mentioned as well blood letters and you're seeing them not just in units of 10 as you mentioned 20 i'm seeing even 30s and yeah i played i think i think it was Bathurst gt where i played at your tournament a few months ago pretty sure i played against john daly and he had 30 if not yeah john
1: john John was running 20 20 of them yeah and 20 bloodletters, scar brand six blood crushes, you know, that that's just the the, the the triangle and you just take and remove parts out of that triangle as you see fit. But those
0: bloodletters, they slap. They uh, mm. I, I had a new appreciation for blood letters, finally seeing them back on the table. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I know the theory. Now I, I recall the actual experience.
1: And a lot of people are surprised at how um, wound dense they are. As soon as you tell people that, mm. yeah, they're two wounds each, That that's a brick of 40 wounds right there. Like they, they're dense, you know. Yeah, they're, no, they're, uh, aren't, they're more survivable than plague bearers at range, actually, which is saying something.
0: Yeah, it's a pity you don't have the spell to give them a third extra wound. Obviously, our no. spells, but like the the old plague bearers, get them up to three wounds, and mm, that's a crazy. true, dense uh, little block of, of anvil.
1: Yeah.
0: 100%. So. Uh, given that this is GHB 23, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up some slides, and I really want to mm. kind of use this as a frame of reference because we are in general sample 20 20- – I've said that a million times. Uh, we are playing Antorian Locus, Primal Dice. Magic is as rampant as it's been since probably – I don't know if this was before your time, Blake, but during second edition, there was a time where there was really no cap with the amount of endless spells you could take, and yeah. some – Mad gets players like myself and Nathan Prescott and a few others, we'd run like seven or eight endless spells on the table for lols, right? Magic hmm. was wild. This is yeah. probably the first time since then or even Warhammer Fantasy during like the Storm of Chaos where yeah. magic seems like it's the ultimate and you have no magic, but you are great against the magic. So yeah. I want to kind of see how you're going to keep us all in check. Yeah, 100%. Which kind of brings me to the first point. Instead of getting into allegiance abilities and rules and yada, 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 yeah. um, I want to talk about Antorian, Locus and the um, or the Primal Dice, you know, whether it's the, the yeah. Italian to get extra Primal Dice or just the Primal Dice mechanic in itself. As a corn player, you don't play into this. No. So how do you think about the, the Primal Magic Dice and stopping it and all of this stuff?
1: So, yeah, as soon as I saw the rules for this, before we even saw the rules, I got a bit worried um, being a no magic faction before we saw the new GHB thinking, oh, this is just going to be the the addition of, you know, Seraphon and Zinch. You know, we're going to be left to the wayside. And then I saw that even though I'm having no wizards, you're still allowed to generate primal magic dice and you can still use them on your unbinds, which Corn has in spades from Sword of Priest, Flesh Hounds, Karanak, you know, you'd, I just... Take them, stack them, and then if someone wants to go, oh, I'm just going to dump all my primal dice into this, I'm like, cool, I still have unbinds. I'm just going to dump all my unbinds into that, stopping that. With the optimal focus, um, even though I don't have a wizard, you still get that extra CP, which works out well for me because it means I get the benefits of a Warlord Battalion um, almost every turn, just that extra CP, extra CP, extra CP, which is great if I'm going second, because sometimes I will just give the turn away. And then in regards to the Primal Magic with all um, the Skull Throne plays into that, if someone does a normal miscast, they take D6 Mortal Wounds. If you do it to Primal Miscast, that's D3 plus 3. They did it. People did used to play it to D6 plus 3, but that was insane. But GW came out very quick and was like, no, 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 no. Primal Miscast is very much different from a normal Miscast. So you're not doing ridiculous wounds. Um, But yeah, other than from this page, that's pretty much about it. Because we sort of get more into my anti-magic once we start talking about like the nullstone artifacts and hex gorgeous skulls and blood tithe abilities. That's where it really starts to sink.
0: And I think it's interesting, right, because why I wanted to also raise this is that there is a lot of spellcasting right now. Seraphon yeah. is quite dominant in the meta. Um, yeah. You Obviously, Gits are still running around with plenty of spellcasting. Soul Black Grey Wards has a lot of spellcasting. Mm. So there's a lot of magic, but you've also got things like, you know, your Hatred of Sorcery with, you know, your, um, your ward safe against... Uh, uh, there's also... I was going to say there was um there's a couple of little things that you've got against Mm. that are very anti magic that you know even if you can't unbind all ten spells you've got a lot of defense you've got plenty of defense as well
1: hundred percent about three layers of defense before magic can hit me um most of the time especially against the demons there's about three layers of defense which can be a lot to get through
0: do you find with um the one extra command point if you go second and obviously you don't pick a wizard Do you find that this also means that when you go to your heroic action, you don't try to generate an extra command because you've already got one in the bank? Or are you always going for that and just going for even more and just like spending like there's no tomorrow?
1: Well, if it was the old book, I would have gone for more because old book corn was very command point intensive, but new book corn is very much the opposite. So Mm -hmm. being able to get that command point opens me up to using the heroic action for a hero to attempt to unbind a spell or get rid of an endless spell, which I find very useful because it means I'm not wasting a Slaughter Priest, for example, trying to get rid of an endless spell. I can use one of my non-priests to do that, freeing up my Slaughter Priest to actually do a prayer. Because if he does get rid of an endless spell, for example, he then can't chant, which for corn, you need those chants. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. And, and, and that's what I thought. Like, I don't remember in the couple of games that I've played with corn with new corn in the current season, it hasn't felt like you've been very CP heavy. You
1: know? No, 100% and no.
0: Like you could have like very little CP and like it yeah. actually hasn't mattered, like, you know, charge, but even then you can yeah. get around some of the charge shenanigans as well.
1: Oh, yeah, because all, all of it's now just like pick unit, give buff. It's no longer pick unit, spend CP, get buff, which from is fantastic. You know, take the Whippy Thurster, pick a unit. Oh, it's got a 3d6 charge now. Is that a CP? No, I just... Make it happen.
0: Having all that defense obviously, for your uh, mm. your mighty blood skull crushes. crushers, yeah, yeah, your blood crushers, and things like that, like
1: hundred you know, percent.
0: Nothing, nothing too crazy. But so mm. far, primal magic dice, obviously, great for unbinding, plays well into some of those other things that already have an unbind. Yeah. And I like you call out that you know don't you don't have to generate the CP? Go for the extra unbind and yeah. you know save save your priests from wasting a um, a, a chant.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So when you look at, say, the three new spells that have been introduced... Yeah. Are there ones that you are trying to unbind? Are you concerned about Blizzard? And obviously, there has been a change now that I can't teleport my little wizard and then kind yeah. of blizzard you. Um, Horfrost, obviously, great value to be able to change a particular characteristic, hit, yeah. wound, or, or rend. Rupture, probably less so now that um, yeah. it's changed a little bit. And, and you know, Cron Spines, uh, I know you were a, a crutch Cron Spine player at one particular point.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was good in Corn, it was good in old Corn.
0: But do you do you see any of these spells as, a, like, if you and I were playing, like, are you concerned hmm. about any of these spells or how do you prioritize them more? Yeah, talk well, to me about these three.
1: So, yeah, is one i definitely try and go for an unbind on. Like, I will throw a lot of resources at that because while Corn can hit hard on the demon side, um, we're very, like, build-a-paper. Like, Bloodletters only have a five-up save. Like, is only have a four-up. So if you get that Ren three, you'll just start chewing through me. So that is one spell I'm definitely looking to get rid of. Rupture, like you said, now that it's changed, you'll probably never see it again. Now that you can't just, you know, I take a Cron Spine, I make it wild, like, you know, deal with it. Like, I don't think that's going to be ever seen again. Merciless Blizzard is interesting because back when you could teleport and then cast it, I was very much keeping an eye out for it. But now that it's been changed, I'm like, okay, I'll just kill the wizard before you get a chance to pop it off. And But there was one time um, at Dice the other week that you and I were at um, a law seeker because it can get set up before the game starts. It got set up and then shabingus my bloodthirster off the table with um, deep thinkers, which I still think the the jury's out is how deep thinkers works with endless spell with um, casting of more than 10. But yeah, in regards back to the spells, Horfrost and merciless blizzard. I both see them as equal. Um, Not so much for merciless blizzard because, because I'm running very wound dense units and I have a five-up spell ignore. most of the time I'll take that one-in-three chance of ignoring it, which is the big bonus.
0: I guess the thing now, now that Blizzard has changed and you can't teleport, and by the way, the Lawseeker is probably one of the few units that actually can do that now because it's happening in deployment, 100%. not in a movement phase or thing or a magic hero phase. Um, yeah. You can really see Blizzard being set up, right? Like, a, a opponent's not going to catch you off guard. No. If they catch you off guard, it's because you didn't notice the wizard and you're in 12, as mm-hmm. opposed to someone cast a spell, they teleported, yeah. they blizzard you, and oh, who, who saw that I'm imagining.
1: I'm just imagining someone like you parking a 65-point spider shaman in a whole brick of stabbers and hoping I forget it's there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's that's what I have to rely on because previously, yeah. like at Bathurst, I um I'd have my mega gargon, I'd pin you in with my mega gargon, and then I would teleport the, the little git wizard behind it, yeah. see through its legs, you and could see, you could
1: see you could see those were a mile away, and every list was like, oh, cool, two spider shamans with uh Hawk with merciless wizard, and one of them has green hand of gork. Like, hmm, I wonder what he's doing.
0: Oh, I have no idea. But Blizzard, but yeah. obviously very powerful. Um, and- Blizzard's
1: the only one that I have a chance to ignore because you can only do the ignore role when you're affected by spells. A spell. so Horfrost I get nothing. I'm just banking on the Unbind. My Mercus Blizzard, I have the Unbind, and if I fail that, I can then try and ignore it.
0: Obviously, by the way, folks, when we're talking about this, you need to prioritize, right? Because you know, depending on which army, there's going to be certain spells you want to shut down to stop them from doing certain mm-hmm. things. So you'll see that kind of coming. But generally across these three, it's probably hoarfrost especially when you get into combat. Except in the probably the one, maybe two situations at most, Blizzard yeah. might come into play. So you know, think about how you use your unbinds and your dispels and your yeah. primal dice. Anything else to add here, Blake?
1: Um, not really on this. Um, yeah, just all about, I do see Merciless lizard as the second threat. Hoarfrost, I find, is the first threat because my first thought with Hoarfrost is, you know, imagine that on 10 Blight Kings who are five attacks apiece. You can get them like, you know, they roll that three. They could be threes, threes, rend three, damage one. You know, they could really put the hurt on. So it's just a massive de- force multiplier on some units.
0: Yeah, now that we're in, like, month four of this General's Handbook, you're finding smart players have found the secret sauce in their army. Like, for yeah. me, not that I'm the smart player, but, like, for me, I love whore frosting on Git Stabbers because they mm. normally hit on fives. They're two-inch range, so it's, like, three, three ranks. Mm. Uh, I can give them put two attacks with some fanatics, and the sheer volume to bring it down from fives to twos mm. is off the charts.
1: That's like like when I was playing um, Jacob at Dice, he used Hoarfrost on a unit of 10 Blade Lords. And when you got them up to render 3 and Hordes, they just blend up. And I was like, damn, yeah, that's a play. That's a play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hoarfrost is the one especially that, you know, you, mm. you want to remove it kind of leads us into, right, well, you know, we're in this wizardy meta, lots of magic, a lot of interesting things that are happening. Um, battle plans are different as well, and there's some really fascinating um, mechanics in the battle plans. But as you think about the allegiance abilities, and if I start building a corn list for the first time, how are you thinking about your slaughter host? How are you thinking about, you know, your coalition? Are you bringing in units from other parts of, of, of armies to fill a void? And are you building around any of these things? Like, I've got to have uh, a murder- murderous to last for X reason. Or talk to me about the allegiance abilities.
1: Yeah, so it's split down the middle. There's three sub-factions for mortals, three sub-factions for demons. So you've got Fiend, the Flayed, and the Gortide for your mortals, and then Reapers, Bloodlords, and Baleful Lords for the demon side. So I'm a demon player myself. Um, at the moment, it's... You either do Blood Lords or you do Reapers of Vengeance. Baleful Lords is, in my opinion, and I feel safe to say in a lot of corn players' opinions, pretty damn sh- terrible. Um, you know, you get to fight a top bracket with Bloodthirsters if they're wholly within eight inches of another Bloodthirster. So it's like you, you you just got these big monsters having to be tucked together. So it's like, eh, okay, not not good at all. Um. For my subfaction in particular, um, Bloodlords, you play that if you're going extreme into bloodletters because you get mortal wounds on fives and sixes when you charge. Normally, it's just sixes. So stuff like bloodletters, blood, blood crushers, um, skull cannons—they don't get it surprisingly because they don't have the bloodletter keyword, even though there's two of them parked on it. Um, skull throne—they get that. And reapers of vengeance is the better all-rounder. So if you're fighting into a hero and I think a monster. I don't know if it's monsters as well. No,
0: it's just hero. It's just Just um, uh, target enemy hero.
1: And you get plus one to hit, which can be fantastic for your big bloodthirsters. And it also works not just in melee, it's shooting and melee. So it can be fantastic for your skull cannons. You can just pick stuff off at range. And every time you kill a hero, you get two blood tithes instead of one. So you can really get a rack up those blood tithes. Um, On the mortal side, I tend to lean more on the flayed um for that five up ward after you fight because that's the one thing the mortals really do lack is a ward um followed up by skull tribe because you get strike first if you make a charge roll of eight or more which can be very good with the access to three to six charge and gore tide is good um haven't really looked too much into its rules um if i remember correctly it's get extra murder rolls Or you get plus one to wound
0: Plus one to wound for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Gortide bloodbound units that target an enemy unit that's contesting an objective that you do not control or that target an enemy unit yeah. that's wholly within enemy territory. So a lot of conditions.
1: Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of why I don't remember Gortide that well. It was just, it's so conditional for it to work. So I'm just like, no, I don't want to go jumping through two or three hoops just to get my sub-faction ability.
0: Yeah, look, there's nothing There's nothing in any of these that are... I mean, other than, say, the Flayed, nothing, none of these are standing out specifically about responding to the magic meta. I mean, the ward yeah. is obviously going to be helpful, but outside yeah. of that, it's just building around what you're doing really well, whether it's yeah. pluses to hit, whether it's yeah. fighting your top bracket, yada, yada, yada.
1: It's def- It's definitely... Um, Old book was definitely build your list and then pick your sub-faction, where the new book is pick your sub-faction, then build your list, which is... I believe is the the better way that a book should be
0: designed. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean like you obviously build your list and then see what fits and then mm. tweak accordingly depending yeah. on how you like to build lists maybe you Yeah. you're a hobby butterfly.
1: Oh, don't tell me about it I'm always floating.
0: What about the legions of chaos? So obviously there's been a lot of updates, you know, beast of chaos had a book six, uh, 10 months ago. Holy. Wow. 10 months ago. If wow. um, that's all, like, I remember like, Oh wow. geez, The 10 months ago, beast of chaos got update. Uh, you obviously can't tap into Zinch, Slanish, or wizard stuff, uh, but you can tap into Nurgle and slaves. Right. Yeah. Oh.
1: So, so yeah, in regards to that, um, I just want to touch on old book for a second again. I always go back to the old book, but you probably remember um, specifically the old book, Slaves to Darkness, Demon Prince, and the Corn Demon Prince. He was utterly disgusting. Eighteen um, inch bubble Harvey runs and charges. He was a staple in almost every competitive corn list back in the day. So Turk. So with that, it's more looking at old corn. You were always looking to coalition where the new book. It's you don't have to, but you can bring some pretty powerful buffs um, in regards to like access to battle tactics. More specifically, in this current GHB, because Corn does struggle on the battle tactic front. Like we're very good at standing on circles, like killing and getting the primary. But when it regards to battle tactics, I'm definitely looking at allies and coalitions to get those battle tactics off. You know, from taking like a wizard unit, because there is a way to get them in. You take them as um, ally, not coalition. And there is a few that you can take, specifically the Underworld's Warbands. I can't remember the exact name of them, but there's the Godsworn Hunt. And then there's the other one, which just has three warriors and then the wizard and then Bellacore to top it off.
0: Funny you ask about Bellacor because as we dip into this coalition slash ally space, uh, one of the questions from Discord actually it asked, um, what are your thoughts around introducing Bellacor? And uh, Bellacor has had some points discounts. I don't know how, but Bellacor has gone down in points. Yeah, uh, Obviously a great control piece. Very thoughts good. on bringing Bellacor into a, a corn list?
1: Um, it does work um in in some lists um personally though for myself i don't fully see the value because i'd rather be spending that points on something that i can use my sub faction abilities on that i can buff that you know it doesn't just bring that one and done you know pin and win situation um like yes his dark master ability is very good um, but that was back when there was just those big Death Star units, which I feel we're not seeing that many
0: of. I I partially agree, but I also partially disagree that it feels yeah. like there's a lot more castles in this game right now because yeah. of this wizardy meta, and it feels like there might be a few more lynchpins than there has been in the past, where dark yeah. mastering that lynchpin may stop you from, uh, stop them from either scoring the battle tactic. Yeah or stopping them from advancing or, you know, impacting yeah. them in a negative way.
1: In regards to that, like the dark mastering and stopping battle tactics or holding a unit up, I can, corn can do that plenty with like blood tide moves, like moving into engagement range and pinning a unit with a really cheap unit. So you can almost do what Bellacor does with your own, with your own units. And, you know, if you're bringing Bellacor for the, for the cast, it's like, okay, um, you go up against something like Lumineth or Seraphon, it's like, well, you've just paid all those points and you're probably never gonna get that spell off ever. So me personally, I'd rather spend the points on Blades' Corn units that I can actually buff and use. But I'm not opposed to actually trying him out and seeing how he goes.
0: Yeah, I was doing some research before we went live and I noticed that in the last, say, six weeks, uh, there's two corn players who have gone uh, second in their respective tournaments, uh, the Broken Realms for Minis War 4 and mm. then for the AG War of Realms. And yeah. both of those players had a Bellacore in the list, which was fascinating. I'm sure it's not the linchpin, but it mm. does bring utility. So I think you've basically posed a good question. Bellacore does a great piece and he does his thing really well. But mm. can you invest those, those uh, points into something that's going to generate you more blood tie? Like do you run a bunch of blood warriors and generate yeah. cheap blood tie? Is that another bloodthirster? Is it like what can you do with those points?
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm not opposed to him. Um, I just personally find you could spend those points elsewhere and get better value.
0: Do you find Corn struggles with battle tactics? And the question behind the question is uh, part of this Bellacore question someone had asked, he said, you know, do you think Bellacore's worth it uh, for his ability and completion of battle tactics, or is it a trap where the points have been spent? So I think it's the trade-off, right? Yeah, Dark Master, and do you need the extra battle tactics to be scored, or are you in an all right spot?
1: Yeah. So in regards to the battle tactic, if you're taking Bellicor for magic magical dominance, just take the one of the cheaper wizard allies that you can take, and just park them in the back corner, and just get it off turn one. Then you're like cool, happy days. So you get your turn one battle tactic for a fraction of the cost of Bellicor. Mm-hmm. If you're taking him for Dark Master, you you do become very lean on points. Like you got to know when to use it, how to use it, and really be able to bring the hammer down or whatever you decide to hold up. Like if you decide to dark, like dark mastering croak, for example, um, could be very good. And just holding Mm. that up for a turn, you know, or if you're playing gargants, like dark mastering a whole Gargant can be almost game ending sometimes. But in the same vein, I'll just run six blood crushes across the table and just be in your face. And then you're spending half half the game dealing with those blood crushes. So instead of me holding up a unit with, Dark Master, I'm holding up a unit with, you know, a unit of Blood Crushers or a unit of Blood Warriors, and I can buff those units. Whereas Bellicor, once he's done his thing, you, know, you you can't hit him with a Bronze Flesh. you can't Hero Phase move him, you can't hit him with a prayer, you know, you can't give him a three d six charge. He's sort of just like there. And it's like okay, he's done his job, and he doesn't have a ward at range. My other Blood lead, my other Blood Thirsters do so, just pump into Bellicor and drop him if you want. Because that's most of the time what I believe would happen. People would see Bellacor and they're like, okay, I'm just going to pump everything into him because I know he doesn't have a ward and Mm -hmm. I know what he does. So I'm just going to absolutely pump into him. Because in the current meta, it's very easy to kill him, I believe.
0: So, I think basically, like if I summarize what I'm hearing, is either there's obviously a Dark Master, really powerful ability, uh, help you score some battle tactics, but what is the trade off for it? And can you get better value in something else? I guess it depends on ultimately how much you value Dark Master. And yeah. is there something like, you know, Catacross? You know, um, it
1: also depends on your definitely. play style as well you know, if you if you're like, for some people, their play style might be dark master and you know, go for it. But my personal play style is definitely not dark master, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the 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 movement game and you know, maneuvering the pieces around the table to get the maximum effect
0: out. I think my point was basically going to be there is no right or wrong answer here.
1: Yeah, there's no right or wrong.
0: It ultimately is like after you do dark master, how are you getting value out of this model? Yeah, that's up to you to decide. For some people, 100%. they will see incredible value. For some people, they will probably find the points go somewhere else. But I think that's too long that we spent talking about Belly. About Bellacore. Uh, I mean, it's an, an yeah, it's an interesting piece. Yeah, it's interesting piece. You mm. now decide. You tell us in the in the chat what you think about Bellacore. Yeah. Outside of that, are there any things that you are like in uh, maybe some of the other armies? Like I know when I did this discussion in the past, you know, people were thinking about allying in uh, a cycle you know, given the anti-magic yeah. abilities, a monster, you know, is a Psygor an interesting piece? Is there anything that, that you're attracted to outside of, like, maybe a couple of sneaky wizards from Slaves of Darkness?
1: At the moment, um, and I got talked into this by um, our good friend Liam, um, Furies, very good. Um, not only just in corn, but almost any Chaos army at the moment because forgetting those battle tactics is so fast, they can just bounce around the table because um, you probably know this. A lot of these battle plans uh, be out of your territory for it. And a lot of the battle plans, the territories are right up to the middle. So you need something that's very quick. So I'm looking at stuff that I can use as chaff. Like a unit of Furies, you can just they go off to the edge of the table. And if someone spends a turn dealing with Furies on the edge, I'm like, cool, no worries. You know, if you're choosing to deal with 80 point Furies and not with the 360 point bloodloters marching up towards you, go for gold champion.
0: Yeah, most um, people, though, are ignoring them completely, which then goes, well, what do you do with them and how can you steal objectives? How can yeah. you pin? How can you, you know, because most people will look at Bloodthirsters and blood letters and Blood everything. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll ignore the Furies.
1: Yeah, and then the, and then it quickly finds out it's to turn three or turn four, and those Furies are in the back line just grabbing objectives for the whole game, and then it's like, oh, they've actually turned out to win the game. And they're cheap. They are yeah. super cheap. Fantastic. Um, and then other allies, it's... um. Like for Beast of Chaos, not a whole lot. Like there was talk of the cycle, um, in the Blades of Corn chat when the new GHB launched, but then it came down to the same discussion as Bella Cor, Like, can those points be spent elsewhere on better things? Like, you can just do better with whatever corn with what corn brings. I find
0: yeah but i haven't seen it really come to fruition people talked about it early on but it seems like maybe it was a good idea but it didn't actually work well came
1: to fruition yeah yeah that's that's that main reason i think a lot of people realized oh i can just do what the cycle does but better with my own allegiance
0: abilities yeah between obviously the primal dice you've always got hex gorgeous skulls you've got the uh, the skull altar and then all the other uh, unbindy, magic stuff in your army. Yeah. Do you need another one? And maybe the answer was no. Yeah, 100%. What about the other three rules? You got Locus of Fury, Murderous to the Last, Hatred of Sorcery. Are these rules that you will build into? Like you really want to tap into, let's say, Hatred of Sorcery, and I'm going to be building a bunch of things or do a bunch of stuff that's going to help me. Use this rule to the best of the yeah. ability, or is it going to be undercom building an army based on certain units and whatever they've got? They've got,
1: yeah. So, Locus of Fury was is def- was a huge buff. As soon as I read that rule, I was like, This is like the one thing that the army needed to mitigate this turn one alpha strikes because there's so many times you play and it was like long strikes or sentinels, and you know, just being able to ping you off from range before you even got in. So, the addition of having a five up ward against range on your demons only mind you it's only on the demons no mortals Hmm. it's just it it can result in like your models feeling like they have an extra like on the bloodthirsters specifically like an extra five wounds sometimes you know they're only 16 wounds but that five up board can sometimes make them feel like they have 20 you know 23 wounds sometimes merge for the last um because i'm mostly a demon player i haven't really lent into this i know if you take gore with corgus cool you can really lean onto that rule and just have these suicide kamikaze units that would just go in, get wiped, and then you just roll a whole bunch of dice and like, okay, now you're dead because you killed me. Because, um, yeah, it's just a better version of the Stormcast explosion. I remember when the rule was shown, the Stormcast players were lamenting because it's like, Why? <laughs>
0: It's better than the stormcast, but it's not as good as zombies. I think that's yeah. kind of like the thing, right? Like you don't want to overinvest. Like you're not building like a hundred zombies just to do the the five out mortals because you're not regenerating like zombies. But yeah. it is in the the games that I've played, it's been quite cheeky because a couple of mortals might be enough to tr- tr- trigger a battle shock. It might yeah. be enough to kind of chip away at a, a hero and bring it down a bracket, or even. To kill those last couple of models on an objective, that hmm. means that I, I, what I used to have, I've now yeah. lost control of.
1: That's what happened when I, um, at um, DICE the other week, is I had two Chaos Chariots charge two Blood River units, wipe the Blood River units, and then the Chaos Chariots got wiped from, <laughs> merged to the last rolls. So I was like, cool, I got four Blood Ties off that, thank you.
0: And then there's the kicker, you get the extra Blood Tie, obviously. Yeah, so... so- um-
1: doesn't matter who dies, running as well from Battleshot counts, you know, my stuff, your stuff, doesn't matter, I get blood tithe. And,
0: and and then obviously pat, hatred of sorcery is just a passive thing, right? Like if you yeah. happen to roll the five up and shrug, it's awesome and you get a blood tie. Yeah. Uh, with the amount of spells going out at the moment, um, you might generate, generate yourself an extra one or two blood tie hero phase depending on... Um, you know, Mm. how offensive people are. Although there isn't as many offensive spells, most people like self-buffing or debuffing.
1: It's like I found um, in the two games at your um, tournament, I played against Seraphon twice, specifically um, Starborn, the ones with Croak, because all their damage was in spells. There were times where I was like, I'm not even going to try and unbind, just hit me with it, and I'm just going to try and generate the blood tithe. And there was one turn I went from like two blood tithe all the way up to nine. Because I was like, yeah, just hit me with it. Go for it. Go, go, go. And then the bonus thing about hatred of sorcery is it's on a five up, but I can spend five blood tithe and um, reduce the roll down to a four up. And I can do that as many times as I please. Um, Only once per hero phase though.
0: Which actually brings me perfectly to the blood tie ability. So this is mm. one of your key abilities, folks. You, uh, everything, every time a unit dies, yours or mine, you're generating mm. yourself an extra blood tie. And as we've already kind of alluded to, there are other ways to get blood tie throughout the game through various mechanics: some war scrolls, some abilities, some things like we just trigger the uh, the five up shrug and get a uh, blood yeah. tie. When this book first came out maybe it was the internet, maybe it was a couple of vocal people, but murder lust was the thing oh. that everyone spoke about. It was like murder lust, murder lust, murder lust. Now it has been slightly changed. I have, yes. um, I have used the, the new version of it as per yeah. Warhammer community erratas. Yeah. How do you find you spend your blood tie? And I think maybe you're like, I'd like to scratch the surface a little bit here, right? Yeah. Do you spend it all the time? Are you saving up for certain points? are you summoning are you um like like how do you think about this mechanic because for some people they will hold their their resources for too long some people will burn them too quickly yeah. some people will get attracted to this, the summoning it, it it's hard mechanic for some people to kind of get mm. their head across how do you it's, tap it, into it
1: it's very much matchup dependent and what I'm playing against like in regards to it as well um I find I you do end up using Murderlust almost every turn because it's it's even only just one unit can be game changing because because you can move into combat into combat with it like we we're talking about before you can shut down a battle tactic you know it's like oh I need to use um this hero to make a charge and I'm like okay cool blood Murderlust now you're in combat say by bye bye to your battle tactic um spell it a curse for two blood try this fantastic um like a you know, you play against Lumineth and they're like, oh, that casting rolls 25 with all my primal dice and deep things. I'm like, cool, I got two Blood Tithe. Doesn't happen. Um, Brass Meteor is fantastic in, in this GHB because there's so many little foot wizards going around. You know, you you eight dice, each five ups a mortal wound. If something's on like three wounds left, it's you're probably going to cleave those last wounds off it. And if you're playing in Reapers of Vengeance where you get two Blood Tithe for killing a hero, you spend the three, you get two back. So it's a Pretty good return on investment. Um, apocalyptic frenzy. You, I'm not using that as much in the new book. Um, in the old book, it was fantastic, especially on Scarbrand. Um, still can be used, but I'm not seeing it as
0: much. No, Rising- no, I, I, I can't say I've seen that being cashed in very often.
1: No, because the book is just killier now. You're not relying on that apocalyptic frenzy to finalize that. You know that damage. Like you can just do the damage in the combat phase. Um, Rising Hatred, as I um, tapped on before, just um, add one to Hatred of Sorcery roles, and that can be cumulative. So if I'm playing into a Seraphon, I might do Hatred of Sorcery, I mean Rising Hatred on my turn one, and then I might do it on my turn two because I get to spend Blood Tithe at the end of the hero phase. So mine and yours. So if I get hit for a whole bunch of spells on a Seraphon's turn one, and I get to five, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to spend that five. Now I'm down to a four up Spell Ignore, which can be, you know... Game-changing against Seraphon. Um, heads must roll. I've never used this ever. You know, I'm just like, eh. I have other ways of improving my random six blood tithe There's a lot. Um, seven. I'm sorry. I don't excuse the language. It's dog shit.
0: I feel like and I remember talking to previous guests, and even when I reflect on the blood type now, it seems like anything above four, five, yeah. obviously, with Seraphon in the mix, but... You're really spending between one, two, three, and four in most yeah. cases. You you rarely are saving up to spend eight. And yeah. when you do, it's not on the blood tithe table. It's summoning a demon.
1: Because what I'd rather do, if I'm sitting at like eight blood tithe, for example, I'd rather spend, the, spend three to have three units move and then use the remaining five in the movement phase to bring in another ten blood letters. You know, I'd rather do that because... Old book, it used to all go away. You spent one and you have nine, it all goes away. But new book, it's like they finally clued in that, oh, Contribute, like, all the other Chaos Factions and it not so lose it all their they spend it. It was
0: so dumb. Like, you yeah. just needed that one um, blood, t- blood tie to unbind a spell or whatever it was, and yeah. you, like all- everything else disappears completely. Yeah. No other Chaos Factions. It was so and- frustrating. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But, like, I-, I think for me, like, when I look at – Corn players playing really well, and just my own personal experience, or even putting my head into a corn uh, as a corn player, Mm -hmm. I I value bringing on um, five flesh hounds, bringing on ten blood letters, bringing on waves of bodies, as opposed to saving up for these big things like slaughters, triumph, or even saving for a bloodthirster. Like I'd rather cash in throughout the game,
1: yeah. big thing at the end. That's what I find. Like for summons, you know, I'll mostly focus on you know getting a unit. Old in the old GHB, for example, um, having a Bloodmaster was fantastic. So we're all about Galician veterans and mm-hmm. summon units counted as Galician veterans. So I was always like, get another Galician veteran on the table for battle tactics early on. Nowadays, because I play Bloodlord specifically, if I can start getting more Bloodlords onto the table and charging in with a three d six charge, you know, from my Whippy Thirster. It can be, you know, game winning sometimes, especially against like Seraphon, where it's just turn after turn, generate blood tithe from ignores, bring in another 10 blood letters, so on and so forth. And other than that, you know, like you were saying, saving up, if I hit eight blood tithe, I'd rather bring 20 blood letters onto the table than get one extra attack. You know, I'd rather do that. Because sometimes you bring twenty blood letters onto the table, it's just like, well, that's game over. I can't deal with forty wounds. It's forty wounds, it's even
0: twenty, even even yeah. sorry, even ten. Like if you're bringing on ten blood letters for five, like mm. that's twenty wounds, and they, as as we know, they do mortals and slap and and like they've mm. got good rules that.
1: The hard part is transporting the the little little things.
0: Well, I mean, Sylvaneth ah. pours one out for you.
1: Yeah, pack up's the hardest. You know, gathering up my like fifty
0: blood letters off of the table. It's like, oh,
1: I wish I was a gargon player right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm building a th- building a hundred flagellants, so I I feel you. I feel 100%. you. There.
1: But yeah, in regards to the blood tide, I'm definitely looking at you know most ga- most games. You know, if I'm playing against a Malay heavy army like fire Slayers, for example, I'll use Murderlust and just pin them in, stop them from charging, and then I can you know. Or I'm playing against heavy magic i'm sitting on a spell it curse. because sometimes you just sit there and you just you just roll those two blood tithe tokens in your hands and the opponent knows that their big spell isn't going to happen this turn and it can play havoc on them because they're like oh i don't know and then you you throw a pouch of knoll dust into the mix and you can like take a baseball bat to like the knees of a magic phase and for some armies it can be really hard
0: well speak of the devil we might as well talk mm. about that and that is that extra layer of the onion which is unbinding so mm. you in most situations will not have a wizard we talked about the ability to ally in a few from slaves to darkness yeah. um you obviously can't bring in a beast of chaos one but you, mm. there is some sneaky sneakiness mm. if you're not taking a wizard uh what is your favorite uh null stone adornment
1: Probably Pouch and Null Dust, um, even though um, it's done almost nothing for me. Out of the three, it is the best for corn because you don't really need the, um, the hand carved nullstone because if you have enough unbinds in the army as is. You don't need it. And then Polished Nullstone Pebble, um, we'll touch on that in the Mortals list that I actually made because I did put it on a particular hero. Just to stop them from getting Merciless Blizzard off the table and whatnot. You know, try and protect them from those high damage spells if he's out in the middle. But yeah, pouch of null dust, as we we're saying, you know, if you're playing against Lumineth or Seraphon or even someone that has a lot of endless spells on the table, you just pop that and it's just it just plays havoc on the player's mind because they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to start pumping primals into this and risk that primal miscast.
0: And, how do, and just for the folks at home, how, do you, how does this layer with, say, the, uh, the Skull Ultra as well, being that miscasts will do even more damage?
1: Yeah, so a standard miscast, so uh, a 2d6 roll, will take d6 Mortal Wounds. Um, if they decide to start throwing Primal into the mix, it then just goes to the d3 plus 3. When the GHB first launched, it wasn't clarified yet, so a lot of players were thinking that it was d6 plus 3, which was insane. But then GW very quickly came out and was like, no, no, a primal miscast is very much a different kettle of fish from a normal miscast. But even then, D3 plus three is normally enough to just pop a little Antorian Locust Wizard or grievously wound them to the point where I can just brass skull or them off the table at the end
0: of the hero phase. I was literally about to say that afterwards. Like, even if they take, like, four wounds or something, mm. you know, that um, that Brass Meteor could be the difference and then chip away. And, you know, lucky they're, um if their grand strategy is spellcasting mm. Savant or you're in the battle plan where you get uh, extra, extra victory points for killing an Torian okay. Locus, yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, the, it just keeps layering and layering. And for yeah. me, my army, my Gitz army has a bunch of five-wound idiots, I'd rather just not cast when you throw that down. Like if you do pouch of null dust, I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good. At this magic phase, thank you.
1: Yeah, you just hold it off and be like, and then that can sometimes, you know, you lose all your big bonus spells, and it's like, oh. But top yeah, the other turn, than
0: that, top of the top of the turn, you know, you get you go second, you win prio. That's a long stretch of time where I don't have my my critical buffs because I'll skirt scared of pouch of null dust.
1: Actually, getting him out. But yeah, touching on the other ones like hand carved null stone. Um, I find that's, that can be good inside like giants, I think, you know, where they don't really have access to unbinds, but even then I'd rather take the, um, you know, the, the shrug, you know, the polished nullstone pebble. I think that would probably be better. Um, fire slayers probably find handcarved nullstone a bit better because they don't have access to those innate unbinds like corn does. But yeah, out of the three, you will find pouch and null dust in almost every list.
0: No, I, I would tend to agree with uh, with although unless you don't have that many priests in your army yeah. and you're concerned about losing uh one of your chants because you're dispelling an endless spell, I mm. could maybe see the the, the nullstone icon being helpful. But if you if you think you've got enough wizards and unbinding in your army, yeah. you probably don't need another one.
1: Yeah, you just leave it alone.
0: Yeah, it feels like a bit maybe a bit too much. Mm. Um are there any like general command traits? And obviously, we can't tap into uh, the general's handbook ones for obvious reasons. There's no. I don't, uh, I don't even know what they are because there's haven't. there's there's no shaman of the chilled <laughs> land for corn. Yeah. There's no way to get hoarfrost or imagine hoarfrost in corn.
1: Like, well, I I even toyed with the idea of it. I was like, I, I was looking through all the allies. I was like, how the fuck can I shoehorn
0: hoarfrost
1: <laughs> um, Frost into corn? <laughs> but yeah, you can't. But yeah, um, yeah, the command traits. Um, so yeah, like with the sub they're just split down the middle, four for demons, four for mortals. For the demon one, 99% of the time, you'll see Firebrand. Um, you take that on the whippy Thirst and make him a priest. It's the taken most of the time. When the book did drop, though, I did have a list which I took Embodiment of Wrath on a um, Bloodthrone um, in a heavy blood letter list he has a prayer where you can bring back d6 slain bloodletters, and then you throw on a command trait to bring back d3 slain model so you could bring back d6 plus d3 blood to a unit which could just be oppressive it's like oh he just killed five of them and they're back um but then it all quickly fell away to just take firebrand um
0: can i just say how disappointing favored by corn is like that's that feels like the opposite of being favored by corn it feels like uh a, a token five cent piece yeah. being thrown at you like here's if it was if it was jumped. like
1: oh you start you start the game with like two or or like two or three i'd be like okay I or even d3 i could be like okay i'll take the command trait for the gamble you know if i get that big three i'm like yeah this is gas but one blood type i'm just like yeah i'd rather just take like white out to that command trait in the book because i'm never going to use it
0: yeah yeah it's a bit it's just a bit sad. Uh, then, what about the, the
1: mortal side? Is it high priest? Yeah, immortalist, like high priest. You know, you, you take that because chant two prayers instead of one. But saying that, it also does then require you to take the a magnificent to get two prayers on each priest because mm-hmm. you can only take the one prayer per priest. So you sort of then do have to take the extra prayer to make the most of it. Or, you know, you could take, um, you know, Barbarian Lord isn't bad if you're leaning heavily into um the heavy Blood Reaver unit, just pinning, you know, just mm-hmm. pinning stuff with little 80 point shaft units, just pin, 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 pin. Like it isn't going to do damage, but you're just going to keep stuff busy for the whole game. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, out of the four, it's High Priest and Firebrand, you know, funny because both are related to Priests.
0: And high priest is just like you've got so many good uh, prayers. Like that's the thing, right? Your prayer law is just on. I think I think it's next year. Like your prayer law is just on fire with the amount. They don't, of, they, and, like
1: they, GW did a great job. They're like, okay, these guys don't have magic. Let's make their prayer law just absolutely like nuts.
0: I got to ask you though, like when I look at your demon artifacts, I almost feel like one of these artifacts becomes stock standard with a choice. Like I, it, you could almost confuse it. That it comes free with the with the with bloodthirster that. of an unfettered fury, yeah. Um, oh, because yeah. That, that 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 king of blades. I don't think I've ever seen an unfettered fury bloodthirster without the king of mm. blades.
1: Because it's old old Argath was just plus one to hit against monsters and heroes, and then they changed it to this, which is fantastic, especially in the current meta.
0: Why? Like, connect the dots for me. Why is shutting off wards? Because, like, you know, your Nurgle Demon Prince, people talked about the idea, and like, eh, and they you know, they don't take him very often these days.
1: So but- what, makes, what makes it so good, especially on the Whippy Thirster, is the ability to then make him that priest, then make him have the prayer to pull something eight inches towards you. And when you do that prayer, they can actually end that move in engagement range of that Bloodthirster, thus putting him in range of that arm, no wards allowed um because it's such a massive base you can clip so many units and shut off wards because in the meta at the moment you know soul blight is the main thing that pops to mind like you want to strip away those defenses on on those um zombies or you know if you're playing into uh what is it the rattle boys um what are they called again The, the necrons of aos
0: Oh, uh, I'll see our bone reapers. I'll see us, you're, yeah. You're, uh, yeah. Uh, you're a mortis guard in your necropolis. Yeah, guard. yeah,
1: if, you know, because you want to be able to shut those wards off and just absolutely go to town on them. The, main, the thing that made me take Argath was playing against my mate um, Keith because he plays out um, like cows in Lumineth. And you yeah. know that those guys could, they're a wall. And I found, I took my blood letters and I didn't have the ability to shut off the wards. And, you know, he doesn't care about the rend. And then he had a four-up ward against me on objectives. I was like, okay, I need to be able to find a way to break through this wall. Argath is the way to go. And as soon as you shut those wards off, I was just able to clean stuff up. It's like, yep, oh, this yeah. is the artifact to take. Following secondly for demons is Halo of Blood because um, you can take that on, let's say, a Bloodmaster. And his War Scroll ability states that when he fights, he can choose a bloodletty unit wholly within 16, I think. And then he can then the bloodletter unit and him can fight in either either order. So when you pull him in, that bloodletter unit then gets strike first. So you have the ability to go bloodletter, bloodmaster, then follow it off with another unit of bloodletters and just really bring the hammer down. So sometimes in some lists, I will take a um, extra command, an extra artifact, just to get access to those two artifacts.
0: But you did say as well, and here's the challenge, is, you know, if you've got a lot of priests, then maybe going with your Magnificent to get Mm. an extra prayer. The question is, like, do you get, like, four prayers, four extra prayers, or do you get an extra artifact, and what's what's worth more to you? And I'd probably argue the prayers would be more valuable in a lot of lists. Yeah,
1: it it really depends how many priests you're taking. Like, I find if you're taking, like, four priests, you can get away with just one prayer each. If you're taking, like, two or three, you'll want those extra prayers. Mm. especially once you start talking about needing a priest to get your judgments out, which are like corns, endless spells that we can touch on those when we get to them um, for the bloodbound side, because like I've said, I'm a demon player. I really haven't looked much at it, but banner of blood is what stands out to me a lot is just being able to get reroll roll charges um, for units holding within 16. And because you have the ability to move the bearer of that artifact around with Prayers and blood tide movements. You can set that up, and you're really never going to have to worry about, you know, being outside of the range of that banner because you can just move him in the hero phase and then set everything else up. And then you go, cool, I got reload charges now.
0: Yeah, and what's obviously great is even though it is a mortal artifact, it affects blades of corn in general, so it yeah. will work in a demon army just mm-hmm. on a mortal blood unit.
1: yeah which is good because they did strip away a lot of the keyword bingo which the old book did have for some of its artifacts a lot of it was very much keyword bingo
0: yeah i I would tend to agree with the artifacts i think like there's some interesting things but when you look at mortals they don't have this big juggernaut hero so like you know you don't really want to be charging into combat improving the rend or you know doing a Mm. bunch of like mortal wounds causing and like you know like the blood rune like there's no killy killy mortal hero. So I'd rather, you know, use it as a buff piece like the the banner of blood. Yeah. Worst case the crimson plate as well to get the water five up. Yeah.
1: Water. I have I have thought about the crimson plate, especially if you take a high priest, just give him crimson plate on top of it, make him a little bit more tanky. You know, but there's no real hard hitting mortal characters that make me really want to go, I want to give him a war to make him survive.
0: Uh, look, if if you're if I'm in a meta right where uh, Soul Black Grave Lords are casting a lot of Spirit Gale, and as you said, Serifon are doing a bunch of like Rain of Stars and things like that, and I need to protect my general, and it's I need mm. the ward. Yeah, yeah, that could work. But you see, if on I-
1: top of that, you get you'd get your five up spell shrug, and if you fail that, then you got the ward underneath. So it just comes into that onion of protection.
0: If if that's critical to your list is the key, right? If it's yeah. not that critical, you don't need to protect it. So don't mm. take the artifact. But yeah. uh, every every list is going to be different. But I tell you, Rod, right, what's what is going to be different is your prayer choices. There are some what one two three four five six six. I think when I remember looking at this in the past, like they felt like there was four, if not five, really good prayers. Like it was hard to choose. Yeah, they're all
1: they're all good, and then once you start taking into account the war scroll prayers, like the Slaughter Priest War Scroll Prayer, Realm Gore Ritualist, Blood Masters, you know, you start you got to like six, seven, eight, nine, like nine, ten different prayers across the whole book, which you know is a lot. Um, before we in get,
0: in, get into this, I want to call you up on the Realm Gore Ritualist. Good unit. Uh, I am not seeing I'm not seeing a lot of it on the table. Like it seemed I like had, an interesting pick, but I'm not seeing a lot of it.
1: it before it was taken up to a hundred points. It was ninety points as opposed to a hundred compared to a slaughter priest. It was like, I'm gonna take the realm Goal because it's cheaper. But then now that they're one on one with the slaughter priest, I'm like, I'll take a slaughter priest that has an unbind. I'd I'd rather take that. Like, especially in this current GHB. You know, it's her scroll prayer isn't bad. But then it all comes down to I'd rather be using a prayer off this prayer law as opposed to her war straw prayer.
0: And it felt like some of her abilities, again, were just too restrictive. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was like on, on an objective or a terrain feature. Yep, and, yeah, yeah. Uh...
1: She she shines better in a mortal list and because I play demons. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take – I took her because she was cheap. But now then as soon as she goes on the same point bracket as a slaughter priest, I'm like, I'll just take a slaughter priest.
0: Yeah, that seemed like one of the kickers in the past. Where it was an easy way to get uh, up to the Gore Tide Battalion because she was cheaper. Mm. Uh, but but uh, yeah, when I looked at lists right now, like I haven't seen them very very yeah. rarely. They're pretty yeah. rare.
1: But yeah, um, with but the price.
0: Talk to yes. me. Talk to me about price.
1: Let us go top to bottom. So yeah, blood sacrifice. Um, I'll try to take one priest that knows that. Especially, it's just good to have when you're out of range for like buffing prayers, it can just be good for when you need that one extra blood tithe to get that one key ability off. Like, you're at four blood tithe. I need that f- extra one to get another ten blood letters under the table. I'll just use blood sacrifice. Ding. Doesn't matter to take D3 mortal wounds on a Slaughter Priest at the back of the board, you know, because he's away from everything. And it's just good to have. A little toolbox prayer. Uh, Bloodbind goes back to my um, Scorpion build on the whip as I like to say. You know, and custom value three, very low, range of 16, and you pick a unit within range, not wholly within, just within 16. So you don't have to worry about, you know, capping a whole big unit. And you just point at it you go, yeah, all of them have to move eight inches towards me now. Like every model has to move eight inches. Old old blood bind. it was just one model had to move eight, then everything else go in coherency because they would just daisy chain out, and then they change mm. it. Everything has to move eight. So let's say, you know, you're playing against like, uh, you don't see it anymore but like attackers castle and like they got the um protection of protection attacklets of you know i'll just pull you out of buff range or like i'll pull you out of unleash shell range or i'll pull you off an objective or even i've thought um in the cypher meltwater mission you can just pull an enemy unit onto an objective and then they start to that that, that kicks off that objective for them and then it starts mm. to siphon the meltwater and it can start to make them panic going, oh, no, I'm starting to siphon that objective away. And you're like, yeah, I can start to make you run out of primary early. Um, I just love it because it catches so many people off guard, especially because when you hear a phase him, and then you use that prayer, you can just pull stuff out of into a very bad position and then just clean it up.
0: Bronze it, does, it does allow you to do a lot of sneaky things. There's a mm. lot of things you can think about, as you mentioned, uh, Buff rangers getting them, but there's just a lot. Like I, I won't try it's, to give you all the examples, but like yeah. it's a thinking person's uh, spell, a prayer, mm. and um, it'll it'll give you a lot of value.
1: Yeah, um, bronze flesh is just our access to Mystic Shield. Very simple. You know, you throw that on a unit of Blood Crushers or a unit of Mighty Skull Crushers. Um, Killer Instinct. You'll hear me do this one every turn. You Just pick one unit. It can make a um, normal move. Um, you can't move into combat range with this one, unlike the um, Blood Tide move. But it's still very good because it's not random. So you give that to a Bloodthirster, you can just move 12 inches in the hero phase. Um, Unholy Flames. I'll sometimes take that on blood crushers, because then you can just give a pipper around to their hooves. Um, so it's not bad. It's not at the top of my list. Um, then we get to Witchbane Curse. Never took this in the old GHB, but now because it's unlimited range. Um, you just pick one little wizard on the corner of the table and you say, okay, cool. You fail a spell, you take D3 mortal Wounds and you have to subtract one from your casting roll. So it's not bad. You know, not at the top of my list. For me, it definitely would be um, Bronze Flesh, Killer Instinct is the two that I'm always looking at going for. And then blood bind is, you know, a close third because I can just use its
0: tech. I've seen a lot of players use Blood Sacrifice to kickstart their Blood Tie, like turn one, where if they want to go through Murder Lust in turn one, just go for that Mm. cheeky Blood Sacrifice. It was was
1: really, really powerful back when it was one Blood Tie to move three units, but now that they've Mm. changed it to one Blood Tie, you spend up to three and move up to three, Um, which I don't mind. I think it's more balanced that way because, to be totally honest, when it was one Blood Tie for three units... You're only ever really were looking to move one unit. The other two units were just gravy on top.
0: Yeah. And and to be fair, like, as soon as they've made this change, it seems like the noise around Murderlust has dramatically dropped. Or everyone's just focused on the new thing, which was OVR for a while. Mm, Now it's kind of like, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, st- I still get pe- I still get, you know, the boys saying shouldn't be able to move into engagement range. I'm like, yeah, but you know, corn's all about getting into combat and making it as unfun as possible. You know, that's just how the army's built.
0: There's a lot of things that shouldn't happen, like being able to run and then pile in six. Like, we're going to yeah. be picking on things. There's a lot of things on that list. So, yeah. And, and, and by the way, I tend to agree with you. Like, yeah, there's mm. a lot of great choices, but your blondes, you like, yeah, playing against, uh, Mighty Skull Crushers. That's the Immortals, right? I always get confused. You got the Skull Crushers, and you got the
1: blood Crushers.
0: Yeah, the Immortals. Yeah. The getting them on a two plus with bronze flesh, and then all that defensing them in yeah. combat, being able to absorb like up to Ren minus two, and stick to that three up save with with a unit of reinforced or even unreinforced. Like that is a big block yeah. of pain, and it's hard to shift.
1: Because yeah, blood 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 crushers are a three up base save, and skull crushers are a two up base save. So you hit them with Brum Slash and Alert Defense on Skull Crushers, they're are a zero up save. And they they can just become downright oppressive. Like you're just fighting that wall. The reason I prefer blood crushers is because if they roll a one on Battleshock, you just get to bring back a whole last blood crusher because of the um demon rules. And that can sometimes just you, you can see the opponent's heart sink when it's just like, oh, I rolled a one, boop, there's a blood crusher back.
0: Yeah. By the way, you know. folks, you c- clearly cannot get to a, a zero save. Ones always fail. Mm. But what we're talking about is you can reduce the impacts of Ren to, uh, mm. you know, like negative two. Yeah. So a two up save, reducing Ren by two, you're still on yeah. two. So it's yeah. very demoralizing. And then you go, oh, the way to get out of this is mortal wounds. And I try to cast spells. Oh, wait, you have a five up shrug. Oh, wait, you have primal magic dice. Oh, wait, there's all these stuff to stop me from doing mortal wounds. So it's like I'm pinned, I'm stuck. And I can't get out of it unless I retreat,
1: mm, and that,
0: that gives up a combat phase, and yada yada yada.
1: Like in a five-turn game, you keep a few units pinned for like two turns. That that can be it. That can be game sometimes. Uh, you know, it,
0: it's a lot of wounds to chew through. Um, it is a lot of wounds to chew through.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And uh, so we, we already talked about this, so we'll skip this. You, you ruined Christmas yeah, yeah. in front of this. Um, actually, I, I will ask one question. A question came from Discord on this one is uh, why are skull reapers on paper as good or better than than blood letters? What? Why take skull reapers on paper as good or better than blood letters? Yeah, also, I remember really seeing question. in competitive. Is that a is that a question? I'm
1: not- I think I think what he, what it boils down to is is like skull reapers on paper look like on par with bloodletters or slightly better, but you never see them get taken. I think it just comes down to points. It's one hundred and ninety for five skull reapers and one hundred and eighty for ten bloodletters. So once you you generally will want to take reinforced of either. So while skull reapers their mortal wounds um on the hit roll don't end. They they stack, whereas the bloodletters they cap off. They are like attack sequence ends where skull reapers will roll on. Um, for me, I think it just comes down to the ability to um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I think it just comes down to the points. Like at the moment, it is a very lean army, mm. and you know that extra twenty point difference between a unit of forty bloodletters and a unit of ten skull reapers can sometimes mean the difference between taking a a buffing slaughter priest or taking another screen. So I think that's why you're not taking it. And I think it's also due to the demon side being slightly better. Like, you know, the Reapers of Vengeance only buffs demons. Bloodlords only buffs bloodletters. So if you're attacking into those sub-factions, you're not going to take Skull Reapers because they don't benefit from the bonuses. Whereas if you're taking like Skullfreen Tribe or the Flayed, I can see an argument for taking a Brick of Ten, um... And I think it also comes back to the rally. So a blood secrator has a four-up rally for mortals. And before they changed it to a ten-wound limit, a lot of people were saying, "Okay, take skull reapers, just rally them every turn. Like pl- play blood stalker, like like play snakes from you know um, daughters of Cain. Just run in, kill, get killed. Doesn't matter. Four-up rally back, rinse and repeat." But then they changed it where you can only bring back three because they're three wounds apiece. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, okay, I'd rather just take Bloodlords because I can just bring them back with prayers or I can bring them back with summoning. So it's like, yeah, I'd rather just take that.
0: Yeah, the rally change was massive in some armies. Mm. I know my gits, like I'm like, uh, I used to really value the rally, especially like with squigs or even with my Horde mm. of grots. Now I'm like, yeah, I only do 10. Uh, I mean it's 10 is still great, but it's like yeah. it, it's not a viable strategy in a lot of a lot of cases, unless it's a long game.
1: Mm. I as soon as I saw the change for rally, like I, I was I was bad touched by Zealous Orator in um Daughters of Cain so many times. I was like, I for one was like, yep, yeah, bring it on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, and I've also rallied uh, the old is The first Bathurst I, r- I rallied a dragon, and I'm like, "This is the greatest thing ever." So I'm yeah. just lucky. I'm just lucky. It's ten wounds and not eight wounds. Because if yeah. it was eight wounds, like I would not be able to rally a dragon, and that's 100%. sad. But it's a six up. But uh, thank you for thank you for that one. Um, one thing I'll re- I'm really keen to talk about is clearly not the Antorian Acolytes Battalion because hey, what's you know, that? You, <laughs> But it's the wizard fighters of Antor because it's a battalion that I'm still yet to find value. Like, it's an interesting one. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like how many situations do you find yourself where the melee attacks that go into a wizard, um, you get the extra attack. Now, Mm. obviously, wizard heroes make sense. Yeah. Like it seems situational compared to a warlord, um, a command entourage, a vanguard. Like there's so many good choices.
1: So yeah, with the Wizard Finders, I believe they did clarify that it does work on stuff like Wardens and Sentinels and those, those units that are conditional Wizards. I do believe they've clarified that it does work against them. So I did. I do think that brings some value. But like you said, that one extra attack into those specific units, you don't really need. Like I'd rather be teching into getting that artifact or getting my drops lower. You know, that's personally how I see it but i did use it in the upcoming mortal list that you'll see because i figured might come in handy if you do go up against something like a brick of 20 wardens that you probably will never see
0: yeah it seems like something that people are just chucking into their list as opposed to a viable Mm. strategy like people were building around uh bounty hunters or you know some other battalion this just seems like "Eh, i've got the right combination it might come up in in a play but i have not found an example yet where people are like yep Wizard Fighters of Antor has done something and it helped me win the game or, you know, turn the tide of battle.
1: Yeah. Touching on Antorian Acolytes, like, even though I can't use it, it does actually help me because a lot of the current meta armies are taking that. So they're no longer taking these one drop, two drops. They're up to, like, four or five drops. And because most corn lists, you will see them at about four drops. You know, that's a command entourage and and a battle reg. Taking that four drops in the current GHB with Antorian Acolytes, you can sometimes outdrop those um, heavy magic lists like a Seraphon or sometimes a Lumineth depending on how they've played because they want that extra primal dice, which plays into me. I'm like, okay, you've taken Antorian Acolytes. You've bumped your drops right up. I've deliberately kept mine low um, to take first and get you pinned. So, yeah, that's how I see Antorian Acolytes.
0: Are you... Are you finding that corn wants to go first? Oh, sorry, wants to be able to choose who goes first? Is that something that is important to you?
1: Um, from old book, I was always told, you're going first, you know, because there was no way I could get into combat. But now that I have access to these hero phase moves, these 3D6 charges, like I want to go first and I want to get you pinned in with these. Mm. Um, I want to go first. I want to get my defensive prayers up. I want to pin you when, when my blood crushes. I want to like position myself like correctly before you even get a chance to open up.
0: I know what's terrified me in the past as well is getting off hex gorgeous skulls. Like a lot, a lot of players right now don't have a very good turn one battle tactic and, you know, intimidate the invaders can be difficult. Mm. Uh, So magical dominance is uh, one that most people will rely on. Mm. Uh, And Having those Hex Gorgeous Skulls up just makes it even harder to 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 pull off that battle tactic.
1: Yeah, it, it like and Hex Gorgeous Skulls, if you roll that unmodified eight, you forget the spell. Mm. So I, I'll, at your event, I had Hex Gorgeous Skulls parked inside a croak castle, and I believe it was against um, Jeff or um, um, Age Assault or whatever it is. I can't remember mm-hmm. the team name. And he just forego casting because he's like, I'm too scared of rolling that unmodified eight. And just forgetting Croak's damage spell, so I'm just going to leave it. So Hex just skulls can play into that,
0: and a lot of people just want to cast Myst- uh, Mystic Shield, like forgetting Mystic Shield. That's brutal.
1: Mm, Mystic Shield, you forget that, or you know, you, you're sometimes you can make something forget Horfrost, and that's just an absolute meme.
0: Yeah, you know, that's that's you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it though. But, yeah, long story short, so basically, you know, when you're taking a turn one, it's not because you want to alpha strike and hit them in the face in turn one. Look, there's some battle plans, like no risk for that reward, where you absolutely can do that pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. But, like, outside of that, it's about your defensive paths. it's about board control, it's yeah. about, you know, all the getting Getting
1: gorges up, you know, getting into unbind range, because I know sometimes players will deploy outside of unbind range, and I'm like, I want to get into unbind range, get myself
0: ready. And that's it, right? You can reposition and get yourself into unbind mm. rage, shut them down, do the juicy things.
1: 100%.
0: So I'm hearing wizard fighters of Antor, interesting. It's obviously not a strategy building around and unlocking the keys no. to the kingdom of corn. It's just, no. oh, I got the units.
1: It, it is it's no Galician veterans. It's no um you
0: know bounty hunters. No bounty. It's no bounty hunters. It's it's like someone will prove to me one day that I can turn the tide. Like some super like maybe sword blade grave lords. You know I know we've kind of moved away from the Legion of Night build, but going yeah. into like a vampire lord on zombie dragon or some type of wizard hero like that. Yeah, magic. Hundred percent. Magic. Otherwise, um, it's like eh. Go on.
1: Oh, I was going to say if if I could take um, you know, Wizard Finders, and I could still add one attack to Scarbrand's Mortal Wound Axe, I take it every day of the week. Sure,
0: sure. There's a lot of things that I'd like to do, but like mm. I can't do, and that one, and yeah. it's a little, a little bit too restrictive for me. Again. Yeah, if, I'm, if one of these are going into a vampire, lot on zombie dragon, it's not my five wound idiot hero uh, with
1: one extra attack. That's going to make it yeah, he's like, not going to do sh- anything
0: mm. to it. What are your grand strats? Are you someone who is still tapping into corn's grand strats, or are you oh, someone? Never. And I'll, I'm glad you said that because I remember going through the grand strategies and it was pretty like, eh, like corn's one, but like, eh, it's one of the. Yeah, the, local the, ones.
1: The, the corn ones just aren't good. Like off the top of my head, the one where it's like, oh, you're going to summon demons every turn. I'm just like, no.
0: Yes, why that's would, ridiculous. Why
1: would, why would I spend my resources to summon demons every turn?
0: And yeah. isn't another isn't another one you've got to spend blood tie every turn, but you can't double up. Is that I another believe, one? You I have?
1: think so. I would I don't know off the top of my head because I've just never taken them because they're so yeah, conditional. Yeah.
0: Re- reap the blood tie. So when the battle ends, you complete the Grown strategy. If every battle round after your first you've spent a blood tie point, seems reasonable. But then uh the second condition is and you did not use the same same blood tie reward more than once. So the yeah, fact so it's that- like
1: it's like, oh murder us once. Like you know, stop a spell once it's like,
0: eh, not worth. In the current meta as well, I want to I want to stop as many spells as possible. Mm. So taking that off the table, I don't like that.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and but yeah, with these grand strategies, um, as you probably noticed, a lot of it, you know, three of the, two of them, you need wizards. You know, control the nexus, you need wizards. Spellcasting savant, you need wizards. Uh, Magic Maid manifest, you need wizards. You know, so for me, uh, most corn player, most corn lists, you will see Slaughter or Sorcery or um, Overshadow. Those are the two. Um, sort or Sorcery more so. Because um, sometimes against some armies, that's just an auto. Like I played Fire Slayers. They have no wizards. That's just an auto three points. I'm three points on the board before the game's even started. Mm. You know, and then Overshadow, I was looking at it, but then I was like, it's too, too swingy. Because you know, you've got to kill all the battle lines. So if someone sees that you got that, they might just park you into the battle line in the corner and just protect it for the whole game. And you know, stop you from getting at it. Whereas Slaughter of Sorcery, I have so many ways of just plinking wizards off the table. You know, brass skull meteor, blood to pull them towards me, you know, physically just charging in and killing them. There's so many different ways or using my um Wrath Wrath of Axe invocation to plink them. So Slaughter of Sorcery I find is the best one.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you, do you find it challenging sometimes to get to wizards, especially ones they're seeing mm-hmm. behind the back, slinging? let's say, you know, your war song revenant, for example. Oh. Uh, like, you know, even like for example, um, I run the fungoid cave shaman who can't be targeted outside twelve period, like not not the lookout cerebral. So I can hide hide that yeah. fungoid and like that would be a, a difficult challenge for you to kind of get to to do yeah. sort of sorcery there.
1: I, I do find there are some matchups where it's very hard. Like when I played um Jacob's um Jacob Stra- Strands Lumineth, you know, I was like, damn, this is gonna be real hard to get because like everything is a wizard. You know, but there are some matchups, you know, more often than not, you're gonna get it. You know, more often than not, you know, when I played Slaves to Darkness, I managed to pop off all their wizards because they need to be on the front line to be in range of those units to buff. They can't afford to hang back, so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to be able to get you," you know. So I find that's why slaughter of sorcery is the best way to go.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I would agree with you. By the mm. way, I, I think it's the stronger of the the options, mm. but know that there are going to be some times where you know, killing an Alario, Alario comes back from the dead like late, late yeah. game and it's a very easy cast roll. That mm. one, that one bad roll at the end where there's nothing on the table, basically. Yeah, Alario stopped you. Um, and, a,
1: and, a key th- and a key thing to note, it says no wizard units on the battlefield, not enemy wizards. So let's say you take your Belakor and you take Slaughter of Sorcery. You have to find a way to get your own Bellacore killed or off the table. Otherwise, you don't get your grand strategy. That, that, that rolls into why I also don't see a huge value in Bellacore, because then he makes getting one of the easier grand strategies nigh impossible without getting him killed.
0: Yeah, so you're either going overshadow or picking something from your book and mm. yeah the, the book ones are not very good
1: they're not good at all no
0: I do not like them at all it's no. <laughs> like like and no I terrible. always hate and I hate ones that force you to do full battle tactics from your book I just hate the fact that I have to ignore uh, yeah the, the general's handbook stuff like it doesn't mm. make any sense yeah which sucks. Which kind of leads us to this. Like, you've actually got a fair good good option, right? You know, you can't... There's a fair few here that, you know, whether it's lead to the Maelstrom, sur- surround and destroy, bait and trap, um, reprisal can come into play, intimidate. This yeah. alone, you've, you've got some good choices.
1: Yeah, so for, st- for stuff like this, I'm generally looking at, like, surround and destroy or intimidate the invaders turn one. Um the corn battle tactics aren't half bad. Unlike the grand strategies, like some of the battle tactics are actually achievable. Like especially against hordes, like one of the battle tactics is um, trial of skulls. Pick a unit as long as that unit kills eight models, battle tactic done. Or pick a wizard, kill it, which is fantastic in this GHB. Or a really good late one is um, no cowards among us. Just have everything within eight inches. You know, if you're if I'm down to like my last three models, I'm like cool, no cowards among us, done. So. It's mostly that turn one is where corn can struggle. It's where you see a lot of people take that wizard for um, magical dominance, which, you know, can be good. But as I had a discussion with a few people, um, you take it and you go against something like Lumineth or Croak and it's like, you're not getting it. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, rather take something like to do with the movement phase. That's why I was like, okay, I'll take the Furies for Surround and Destroy because I can control the movement phase fully. I can't control the magic phase. It's up to the dice.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the two the two units of Fury, for example, make uh, Surround and Destroy perfect, mm. and it complements you so well because when they die, you generate blood tie from them. Mm. If they don't, don't die, care. yeah, yeah,
1: they run around the back of the board capping objectives.
0: Copy objectives, pinning, just being yeah. annoying, screening. Uh, yeah. You can get a lot of... I, I really like that as an option. Uh, yeah. I, and it's, then, a, it's a good idea.
1: I do find, I do find um, reprisal is good f- at the moment because I'll generally take my big bloodthirster as my general and he's sometimes target number one. So if you kill my general, which is my bloodthirster, then unlocks reprisal for me, which can be pretty easy to do. You know, you kill my general, I'll just turn around and murder you with... 21 letters
0: i will say as well like surrounded destroy just to go back for a second the clause of karanak as well getting the pre-game move that mm. is another even if you don't want to do two units of fury that could be another way you, yeah. to, you know in the it fury. all comes down
1: to the points as well you know clause of karanak that's 100 a unit 100. of fuse is eight you know a unit of fuse is 80. you know a unit unit fuse it move faster they have they just have a few more tools but
0: um, you do get
1: more wounds in in a, uh hmm. i'm just pointing out another example yeah 100% Pros and lights like, lead into the lead into the maelstroms very good I, I find i can i'll I'll be doing that at least once once a game you know almost every game i mean because you know to do lead the maelstrom once per game anyway um, half the time i run into the issue is i tend to kill whatever i charge so it can sometimes be hard to set up hmm. um bait and, bait and trap um most of the time, I have a hard time doing that because it rolls into once again. I don't have to retreat because I've just murdered everything that I've gone into.
0: And and, and just something to call out here on the on the behalf of Furies, uh, obviously with hatred of sorcery. If you retreat, you lose the ward, the ward, right? Yes. Yeah. But the Furies don't get that, so you could retreat with the Furies, assuming they don't die. You know, mm. tag tag a unit. You know, don't take much damage. Then mm. they can retreat and yeah. they haven't lost anything, and then you charge
1: huh. you with something and slap. Hmm. 100%. You know. Um, uh, exp- endless expropriation, I think I'm pronouncing expropriation. that right.
0: Expropriation. It,
1: it can be done. You know, if you manage to, like, plink a wizard that's controlling an endless spell, or, you know, controlling an incarnate, you can just plink him off. You know, very edge case. So I've never done it. It's all just theory at the moment for me, because it's never come up. But most, it. most of the time I do about three battle tactics off here, and then I generally am looking at two battle tactics from the book, which is kill eight models and kill a wizard. So I'm generally looking at about that three to two ratio, three from the GHB, two from the, from the battle time, which isn't half bad. I mean, mostly from the GHB side, I'm doing the movement phase ones, you know, surround and destroy... Um, intimidate the invaders, and then either lead into the maelstrom or reprisal. And then from the book, I'm doing trial of skulls, or I'm doing killer wizard, or I'm doing um, you know have everything within eight, you know even stuff like, like that. Li-
0: even like leave none standing. Pick a friendly unit within three inches of a, a complete battle tactic. If basically that unit it dead.
1: fought, like- and you know, and the unit that was in range of its dead, so it can be good. You know, uh-huh. especially if I have a unit of blood that is like, in combat with, like, you know, two flagellants. I'm like, I oh, thought well, I'll just do that. You know, just
0: And then, <laughs> uh, and then, and then jokes on you, I'll do my five-up rally yeah. in combat. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, anything? I, I, th- I think that's, that's pretty neat. I think, you know, I'm that's getting pretty much a good it, yeah. idea. And, and, and like... What's great as well as what you've shared is starting to shape these lists, right? Like, how am mm. I scoring these battle tactics? What am I doing to build my grand strategy? What yeah. am I doing for board control? And I, it's starting to kind of bring this all together, which then yeah. leads us to two lists that you've put to me. Mm. Um, so the first one, I'll read it out so you can have yourself a sip of drink, is the Blood Lords Slaughter of Sorcery is the Grand Strat. Mm. You've got yourself two Slaughter Priests. One has Killer Instinct Blood Sacrifice. The other one has Holy Unflames and Witchbane Curse. You have a Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury, which is General fire Firebrand. How do I say, how do I say the, the artifact? Asgard? Asgar? Um, Argath. Uh, Argath. Argath, the King of Blades. I always think of, like, some dude selling me knives <laughs> I, I de- I'm gonna late night television show flogging me a bunch of steak knives. Uh, yeah. Also has blood bind and the bronze flesh. Hmm. Also got yourself a blood separator with the pouch of moldust. You have 20 blood letters, 20 blood letters, six blood crushers, five flesh hounds, five flesh hounds, and don't leave home without them. Hex gorgeous skulls wrapped yeah. up in a battle reg and a command entourage where you've chosen prayer. As your extra enhancement, which is why mm. uh, Blake has three uh, three different units with a second prayer. Hmm.
1: So yeah, How this is, was you know, yeah this is this the sport? list I took to your event. So yeah, this is just verbatim the list I took to Sydney GT. Um, got me to a four one. Um, essentially, it was planning around like I touched on before the ability to leverage going first because of people taking Entor and Acolytes in. All my games, I believe I went first because everyone else was like, I'm five, six, seven drops because I want m- maximum Mentorian Acolytes. So the core of the list is turns one. I'm giving Bronze Flesh to the Blood Crushers for plus one save. Then I'm hitting them with um, Killer Instinct from the Slaughter Priest to move them eight inches up the table. Um, then they move another eight inches in the movement phase, and then they're going a 3d6 charge with the Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury. Um, after that, after I've pinned, um, as much as I can pin, um, the two, you the blood the just march up the side and that is pincer and just kill whatever they touch. It's, it's, a it's no like Skaven or Zinch or it's all these like, you know, high level tech. It's very much just, I'm walking forward and punching you in the face. You know, it's, it's, it's a very like honest play style, um, aside from the hero phase tech and moving around, um. Got four unbinds for a no magic army. Having four unbinds is pretty high, you know, two off the Slaughter, one off each Slaughter Priest, one off each mm. Um Then the Hex Gorgeous Skulls, um, they're to just, you know, because of the magic metal. And then Argath shut off the wards. It's a stock standard. And But, yeah, other than that, this is just the Blood Lords list that I've found, you know, great success with. Um, historically, I would have taken Scarbrand instead of the six Blood Crushers. But the six blood crushers are just proving their worth, and in the current matter of like hoarfrost, Scarbrand can just get lifted with ease. You know, he's just too squishy because he just target number one. He can just get hoarfrost off the table. Whereas the six blood crushers, their their values out the to the moon.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Like, if I can absorb Scarbrand's damage and debuff him, if if I can just. Resp- if I can just absorb enough, I, mm. I know I can delete him in, in a yeah. counter attack. Yeah. With with blood crushers, I I do find that they will take me a little bit more work. One, it's more wound density. uh um, yeah. Two, it's a bigger footprint. There's a lot of things in the favor of yeah. blood crushers. And the so- coherency
1: changes are the biggest thing for blood crushers. When GW changed the coherency from one to five to one to six, I can just make an absolutely massive wall. I can't remember. I did the measurements when it came out, but it, it's something, it's like a ridiculous length that you can make that unit. And you can tag almost the whole arm, like an entire army with one unit. And then they're spending their entire first turn dealing with blood crushers.
0: I'm glad you raised that because I was going to ask you because I haven't played them with the new coherency rule. So, folks, if you don't know the new coherency rule, uh, one of the key changes is that it used to be uh, units of one to five and then there was a rule that triggered uh, with six or more. Now Hmm. that number has gone to six. So anything seven and beyond now triggers the different version of coherency. And when I played the Blood Crushers in the past being a unit of six, you always really used to only get three, yeah. or four, four models in combat, so you would lose. Yeah, you do mortals on the charge, but you never really got the value of mm. six blood crushes.
1: Yeah, but now you can bring all six to bear, and you know they have the impact damage, then they have their mortal wounds because so they are blood letters, so they do get the mortal wounds and fives and sixes. So sometimes you can spike high enough on the impact damage. You just clear a screen, mm. and then you go forward again, and then you start hitting the... The juicy innards of the army
0: yeah yeah and as you but mentioned yeah. you, if you roll the one you can bring them back right on battle shock
1: yeah yeah if you have a if you still have a banner in the unit you roll a one it's like cool bank there you go another one That's back the, in.
0: yeah and then you rally the next turn if you if you're out of combat and
1: yeah 100 percent.
0: so the flesh hounds are there to screen get get objectives to mm. get some unbinds in there uh they're mm. not like big damage dealers like they'll they'll do a little
1: bit yeah of damage they're, right they're not they're not bad you know they're good for like you know cleaning the last few wounds off of units they are like they are four attacks each and they do have an eight plus two to their charge so they can be good for you know running in and you know dealing with the last wound on like a hero or like a few straggling like um units from a um unit of 10 that I might have cleaved down so they're not I bad think-
0: I think what's really scary for me, Blake, is the fact that this is a 164 wounds, which is similar to my gits and my gargant lists, Yeah. but you can summon. Yeah. So you, so you can easily add an extra 20 to 40 wounds yeah, through your summoning pool.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you had a look at the lists for um, dice, but down the bottom I changed the wounds to wounds more than you expect because a lot of people don't expect. I was like, how many wounds are that? I'm like, oh, 40. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they're two wounds each now.
0: 160 is a lot in the current meta. Like, you know, lists will vary around 100 to 140 at yeah. most. Like, even 140 in a lot of lists are mm. a lot.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and that rolls into, you know, I'm going to lose a few blood letters going across the table, but that's where the blood secretor comes in. Like, once again, he taps the ground, and I get one plus one attack board white. So even if I lose a few blood letters crossing the table, I just tap the blood secretor's banner, and I'm back to, like, full swinging power. Which is the main reason you bring it. Because a full unit of twenty is forty-one attacks. If you manage to get the unit of twenty across the table at full strength, tap the blood that's sixty-one attacks. You know, threes, threes, mortals on fives and sixes, rend one damage one, it'll 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 kill most things. Like it'll kill full health gargants, you know, it'll knock down just about anything in the game.
0: Yeah, it's it's very brutal. Uh, and it kind of goes back to uh, why sometimes the battle tactics we're gonna be around or you know, survive can, can be challenging. So, yeah,
1: because sometimes I just overkill, which is the problem.
0: Yeah, who, who, who would think overkilling is actually a problem? Yeah,
1: 100%. If you but were yeah.
0: going to tweak, tweak this list, let's say there's an emerging meta, I don't know what it mm. is, like Seraphon's Rising or maybe Flesh Eater Quartz is the new big bad soon yeah. or whatever Dawn Bringers three electric boogaloo comes in.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Is there anything that might, might be quote-unquote fat that you would, tweak if the meta shifted in some way
1: so it's going to sound kind of funny but hex gorgeous skulls um for me at the moment are out um i found that they just weren't doing a whole lot for me like they were very very conditional um against it didn't work against every matchup you go against like fire slayers they're doing nothing you go against an army that might have like one wizard you know it's okay i'm using i have 50 points to deal with one wizard So for me, I'm looking at Wrath Axe more. It is 20 points more, but I found, especially at um, the dice event, it just floats around and just deals those last few wounds to those backboard wizards. You know, hit them with a Brass Skull, then you hit them with a Wrath Axe. You can just start to really... It adds up over the course of the game.
0: Yeah. I I have seen a lot of lists lately taking both. They'll take Hex Gorge's and the Wraith Axe, Mm. but uh, Wrath Axe... I'd love to take
1: both, but then you're sacrificing those chance. mm,
0: Mm. I I was just re-looking at the Bleeding Icon to see if there's a reason, you know, because Bleeding Icon's the same points currently as Hex Gorgeous Skulls. Yeah. Is there a reason if you're not getting value from Hex Gorgeous? I think part of Hex Gorgeous as well is the psychological threat and damage that it does, right? Like that in itself plays... I don't want to miscast, especially again. I said spellcasting Savant, there's certain things that I need, and and with the primal magic dice, I've probably invested in my list to get wizardy stuff. Mm, I don't want to lose that, especially early. and I, I yeah. can't unbind it. I can't get rid of it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, with me, with I think all of the judgments have their place. I just think with um the whatchamacallit, the icon. It was better last GHB when Gits were at their reign because I wanted to be able to shut off the ability for like st- like big units of Squigs um, auto-pass. Like, they didn't want to auto-pass Battleshock. More like the Bounders, I wanted mm-hmm. to stop them auto-passing Battleshock or against Trogs. Like stopping auto-pass Battleshock is downright crippling Um, to Trogs. Well,
0: especially especially when uh, you add an extra D three models fleeing and you multi wound, yeah. Mm. Like if you if you don't have the triumph, um, yeah. Because that's that's what saves me in, in you know, having the you know basically the inspiring presence triumph. Yeah. Um, that's what saves me for squigs. But mm. you know making D three or extra D six trolls flee, is yeah, brutal. This is this Massive. is like your gem. This is like your geminids, but uh yeah. obviously different.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's just all about the, the meta at the moment. And I think the meta at the moment, because it's all small wizards, I want to take either Hex gorges or Wrath Axe. Hex gorges to scare them and Wrath Axe to just plink those last wounds off. Because that is the one thing that corn does lack outside of Skull Cannons is the ability to project long-range damage.
0: And I think the Wraith Axe ties into Slaughter of Sorcery too. So yeah. if you're trying to get to those. If I kind of retreat my wizard and trying to hide from you to get me, mm then the only way you can really, because you don't really have a lot of shooting and you don't have a skull cannon in this situation, then yeah, the Wraith Axe might be the the, the way to get to that.
1: And because it's a judgment, the only way to get rid of it is for either me to roll the big six and that causes a D6 mortal wounds, which you don't want, or have a priest in your list, which not a lot of armies have. So it's just floating around. And if it's against a full wizard army, it's just, it's there. Like you can't deal with it. It's just a threat that is just going to be there.
0: Yeah, No, I like it. I like it a lot. And obviously yeah. you've gone 4-1, you've had a lot of practice with this, and, yeah. you know, you know, some people might think there might be too many priests in here, which, cool, go add yourself uh, a unit of Blood Reavers, for, you know, get yourself mm. an extra blood tie, get the Furies yeah. in. You know, you can tweak it yeah. just accordingly.
1: Touching on the Furies, that is one thing that I have, I'm definitely looking at, because um, I do have a retweaked version of this list, which does have the two units of Furies for that turn on Battle Tactic, because... Across the whole weekend, I did find getting that turn one battle tactic was very hard. I either had to either drop it, like not get one, or I had to put myself in such an awkward position to get a battle tactic that it sacrificed my board positioning.
0: Well, and so- before we go to the second list, what would you drop if you were going to go to a tournament and, and put two units of Furies in here? Because hmm. two units of Furies is more than just like a Slaughter Priest. How would you 100- do it?
1: So it's 160. So I'd, prob- I'd, I'd, I'd look at the two flesh fleshhounds would go and I'd replace them with um, just i take one unit of flesh fleshhounds and I can't remember what I've done. I've dropped the Blood Secrator. Um, I've just completely dropped him totally because I found while he was good, the extra attack never really came into it, especially in the current meta. Like old GHB, when it was like big hordes, I was like, okay, that extra attack is very good. But now big hordes are gone. I don't need the extra attack. So I'm like, okay, I'll drop him, drop a unit of Flesh Hounds, take my two units of Furies, take my Wrath Axe, gives me access to a turn one battle tactic, and I can start putting the damage out long range early. Because if you summon Wrath Axe from Skull Altar, instead of being set up within eight, you set up within 16, you double it, yeah. Yeah. and then it moves another eight. So that's a 24-inch threat range, turn one mm. off the Wrath Axe. So sometimes if someone misdeploys a little hero, I'll just get Rath Ax onto an minute for D3 plus D3, or if I'm lucky, D3 plus D6. And sometimes that can just pop a hero straight away.
0: Yeah, go hunt that Merciless Blizzard or Whorefrost mm. or whatever, whatever they've built around.
1: 100 percent
0: I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, those blood letters doing mortals on fives, not sixes, is absolutely terrifying. Mm. Uh, being on the receiving end of twenty blood letters, uh, I'm doing, yeah. they're just brutal. They're just brutal. Yeah. Uh, the second list is a flayed list, so getting the five up ward after they've been picked to fight uh, again, slaughter of sorcery. The triumph is inspired. You have a blood letter of unfettered fury. Literally the same loadout there: firebrand general, uh, king of king of blades, salamir, a butcher's steak knife, uh, blood blood bind, and unholy flames. Uh, yeah. It looks like a very similar Slaughter Priest build as well. Very although, similar, yeah. Although, didn't the Blood Thurster have the Bronze Flesh before? Yeah,
1: Yeah. so I've, so I've, I've switched it up. Um, I've retooled because when I'm building the list, I sort of think about which order I'm going to do my prayers and who's going to be where. Um, so that's one thing that I definitely have clued on myself because it was always my biggest mistake is I just willy-nilly give out prayers and then not think about who has what and the best order to do it.
0: The sequence, important. Before we get into the rest of that, Slaughter Priest, Killer Instinct, Blood Sacrifice, Slaughter Priest, Bronze Flesh, and Killer Instinct. Mm. Uh, You have Blood Stoker, Blood Secreta. Blood Secreta has the polished Nullstone Pebble, 10 Blood Reavers, uh, 2 units of 8 Claws of Karanak, a unit of 10 Skull Reapers, uh, 6 Mighty Skull Crushers, uh, five Wrathmongers. Nice to see them back. They were a staple in second edition. Seemed to drop off a little bit. Yeah, uh, the cheerleaders. I, am, I am starting to see them come back. Those tournaments mm. I mentioned earlier as well, Started to see. Yeah. I think Matthias was running uh, Wrathmongers. Anyway, good to see them back. Uh, mm. Wizard Fighters of Antor, uh, Warlord for the Prayer, 1980. Uh, not as many wounds, 140, but it is 11 yeah. drops as opposed to four.
1: Yeah, so... Full disclosure, um, as I mentioned to you, I am a Demons player. Um, so I'm sort of... Sometimes I feel a little bit out of my depth for the mortal side, but I still do know how it operates. So when I was sort of building this list, I was keeping to the philosophy of the art, the pin and win, and that's where the six mighty skull crushes come in. Um, cross the table, pin, and they're more durable than the blood crushes as well because they have a five-up ward against magic. So while they don't have the five-up ward... Um, that demons have. Um, they just have the 5-up ward against magic, which in the current meta is fantastic. Like, you hit him with a Merciless Blizzard, it's like, I have a 5-up soul shrug, then I have a 5-up ward against any damage that you do to me with it. So they can just be really painful. The 10 skull reapers fill the same role as a unit of um, bloodletters. They just get followed up by the mongers with a plus one attack, so they can be brutal. The um, blood secrator is there for the rally, because even though it is capped, still bringing back three skull reapers can be big and then two units cause a karanak there for screens and that turn one battle tactic with the pre-game move
0: mm.
1: blood reavers are just, you know 80 point blood reavers going to get me a screen and then die um we all know what the bloodthirster does 3d6 charge and then the two slaughter priests i've went with two sources of killer instinct as a bit of a redundancy. Mm. So that way, even if one does end up getting plinked, I do then still have access to another source of Killer Instinct or even positioning-wise. I'm not going to be out of position if I ever do need it.
0: Yeah, I'm always a fan of having critical spells um, or prayers on multiple units. Like, yeah, you can't do double Killer Instinct, but losing one source of it means that you've still got access to it somewhere else. Mm. So I'm always a big fan of that.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so then um, the polished stone pebble on the blood secretor. So, if, if touching back on that, if he's within three inches and he gets if he gets hit with a spell and he's within three inches of another friendly unit, the spell has to go onto that friendly unit. But if there's no one within three, the effects are just outright ignored, if I remember correctly. So I've given that to him because I want him marching up the board to be in range of the skull reapers for that rally, because I need and because. Yeah, so I want to give that for the Rally. So I was like, cool, I'll take that. So that way, even if someone does target him with the Merciless, I'm just like, cool, he just ignores it. I have a five-up Spell Shrug. And beyond that, even if I fail the Spell Shrug, I still have Polished No Stone Pebble after that. Just mm. layer on layers of Magic Defense. And then, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I haven't tested this list. Um, it was more just throw together. I was like, yeah, this this you know theory of it, I like the idea of it. Especially the six mighty skull crushers, you know, you get them what's down to a lot.
0: What's the wrath mongers bringing to the party?
1: They're there for their plus one attack bubble because they they if you're wholly within eight inches of a Wrathmonger, you get plus one attack. So they're just going to be hugging the ass of that skull reaper unit, or they're going to be hugging the ass of that mighty skull crushers. You know, probably not because the mighty skull crusher is going to be yeeted across the table. But that is there to get those skull reapers up to ridiculous attacks. And then once you couple in the blood secretors once per game extra attack, you can have the skull reapers to be plus two attacks each. With and the combination
0: remember... of the blood secrator and the the mm-hmm. mongers.
1: And then I've also thrown them into Wizard Finder's Avantour for if on the odd chance I go against like you know a Lumineth who's got a unit of you know a unit of blade lords. Um, no, because they're not wizards. Um, wardens, no. that's the ones. Okay. Unit of Wardens or a unit of Sentinels or um unit of whatever Stormcast Wizards are because
0: uh, the like e- e- evocators and sequiturs,
1: yeah. Um, the, whatever the the wizards are, they're on the cats. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, evocators are,
0: on, yeah, evocators on kitty, yeah, because I, I have started seeing Dracolines.
1: I have started seeing a few of them pop up in stormcast lists, so wizard finders can also play into that,
0: yeah, not bad. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, a, a few stormcast players. I mean, they are pretty low win percentage these days, the old stormcast, but you are seeing people move away from um dracothian guard type you know forminators and Mm. going into uh evocators on dracolines
1: yeah yeah
0: okay i I, i'm I'm still need to find this rule but you've referred to it a few times i do need to double sense check if if we're wrong folks don't at me about this and and have a whinge uh about the 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 lumineth and that one model i don't want to Oh, them. the
1: um, targeting the wizard finders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe uh, I believe that was covered in the GHB FAQ. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm pulling it up now. I'm, yeah, not that I don't trust you, but I just if I remember people.
1: correctly, it should be on the first page,
0: right hand side. Well, 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 Spidey Pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep going. Keep anything else I need to know about this particular uh, list.
1: So yeah, when I was building this list, I was tempted to put a unit of 20 blood warriors into act as an anvil because when they die, they do get to do two murder rolls instead of just one. So I was like, if I take a unit of 20 of them, they could be the anvil. Um, but then I opted to go for the Mighty Skull Crushers for the speed and the wound density. 30 wounds on a two-up save is so much to deal with. And because they can also benefit from the four-up rally, even though, um, and they are five wounds each. I could bring back two mighty skull crushers with a rally, if I ever get the position for that to happen.
0: Uh, look for this wizard fighters or thing. It be... Be a, it'd be a magenta? Right.
1: Oh, there we go. Uh, down there, right oh, he, right? oh, literally, my
0: mouse is there. R- uh, right there. So can Can a unit that contains one or more model that are wizards? For example, Lumineth World, Lord, Lord Venari, uh, Sentinels uh, be included in the Wizard of... no, Not that one, because you can't include that into the Wizard Fire. Oh,
1: can it, again. can it, uh, uh, the one below it, the question uh, just below it. Uh, if I uh, use it. Mobil- up, up one, up one,
0: that one there, the big brick of text. Uh that one, that one sorry. There, I'm, that one there, Yeah. Okay. Uh, if, a, if a unit that contains one or more models that is wizards, for example, blah, 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 uh, it's picked by target of an attack made by an enemy unit in the Wizard Finds Event Antor Battalion, yes, as long as the conditions that make the model a wizard are satisfied, for example, uh, the Venari Sentinel unit has five or more models, cool. Cool. I, I just wanted, I wanted to triple check the tapes on that mm. one. Because we we actually uh,
1: had that question come up at Bathurst because this fact came out after Bathurst and we had this exact yes. question was like, can I attack into Wardens and get my plus one attack? And we aired on the side of yes, because you do meet the requirements.
0: Yeah, I, I remember it being up for debate. I didn't mm. recall it being actually decided. And because yeah. again, we're not seeing a lot of Lumina these days. Like it's mm. just, oh man. Uh, anything else about this list I mean it's interesting um, uh, it sounds like you know definitely you've got a lot more experience and you're loving the demons mm-hmm. more and but again like you you can bring in mortals you can do a soup and
1: yeah so back onto that um the sub faction in particular for the um, mortal list that I chose the flayed so skull rippers are battle line in um sulfin tribe but I chose the flayed because since they're my big damage dealer, um I want them to get a fireball ward after they swing. Just in case they don't manage to wipe out their target, I want them to be as tanky as possible.
0: That's the whole reason I went for that, yeah. Yeah, cool. No, I was just reading the conditions of the ward, like how long the ward stays. I believe it's just till the
1: end of the combat phase.
0: That's what I was looking at, and yeah, it's just until the end of the same phase. And once the phase is dropped...
1: It also works very well on the Mighty Skull Crushers because even if because they're just there to pin. If they tag something, you know, let's say they go in, they wipe out a screen, but then they're just tagging like a vampire lord and zombie dragon right at the edge. They're fought. They now have a five up ward against um the combat that's coming at them, You know, then outside of that they have the five up ward against magic. So you can quickly layer the defensive buffs on those mighty skull crushers to the point so they just become ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they, they, and that's what we were Mm. saying earlier. Like, they're just so hard to lift, uh, Mm. which is why I I would much rather play Scarbrand versus against the Skull Crushers because they are tough to lift.
1: And then the bonus is, even though I've only got the one unit of Skull Reapers, I can just get to five, eight Blood Tithe, bring a unit of Blood Letters onto the table if I find that I don't have enough threats. That's just the bonus of Chaos in general. You know, if I find I don't have enough threats, I can just summon onto the table, bring more threats to the table, more screens... You know, if I summon a Bloodmaster, that's a priest. I could just bring more prayers to the table, which is the, yeah.
0: Yeah. Got a couple of burning questions for you, uh, and these are coming from Discord. Actually, Dutchie asked a fair few of these, so shout-out, Dutchie, for some cracking questions. Hmm. Uh, threefold. First one is, how are you adjusting to this General's Handbook and battle tactics, especially in the early turns, um, and how are you curating your list? So you've talked a lot about Furies and pregame movements. and Yeah. Um, being able to get some of those and um how are you and i think the part that i really want to hear from you is how are you evaluating evaluating units that can accomplish battle tactics easy
1: so for me it all comes down to if i don't have to interact with the opponent to get my battle tactic i want to go down that route that's why i chose for the furies for surround and destroy i don't have to interact with the opponent stopping my spell i don't have to you know, interact with using my primal dice, which I don't want to use on a turn on battle tactic for a spell. I want to use that for my unbinds. I want to use that to stop your spells. Um, So, yeah, in terms of adjusting to the earlier turns, I'm looking for stuff that can bring movement value. You know, Furies can move quick or, you know, stuff like um, before we had Claws of Karanak, I would have been looking at um, the Untamed Beasts because they have a pregame move. You know, but now that we've got our own, you know, you know, homegrown pregame move. I'm looking at that. So yeah, that's that's probably how I'm adjusting to um the battle tact, the battle tactics.
0: Second question is what are some of the techniques in navigating the meta? So we've already alluded to Seraphon, Ossiark, Bone Reapers, Soulblight, Soul Blight, just to name a few. In mm. fact, at like tournament representation, if you look at like what's traditionally uh, on the top tables at the moment, they yeah. are some of the ones obviously mm really good players aside they can do whatever they want but 100%. um so for instance if you have a meta which leans towards a particular faction or a play style i guess yeah. i guess my point is like how do you how do you maybe counter some of the top the top lists at the moment or the top factions at the moment so let's go with let's go with like seraphon gets uh, Osiak, Bone Reapers, uh, Seraphon, I haven't said that already, so black Grave Lords. Yeah, uh, even, even Shark know. IDK, I'd start to consider that the top. It's, 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 it's not hitting peak yet. Like, you mm. know, some, some of it's coming in, but you, it's mm. definitely not, like, uh, popular mm. yet.
1: 100%. Um, I think it just all comes down to, against a lot of the top meta stuff, I've got the tools already in the toolbox regardless. Like, okay, if I'm playing against OBR... They have magic, I have unbinds. They have wards, I can shut the wards off. Same goes for soul Light. Um, same goes for, like, um, Seraphon. Seraphon and Zinch, though, Seraphon I find, they can tech into just buffing themselves They so they don't attack me. So that's where I find, if I'm going into Seraphon, if they're attacking me with spells, Happy Days, if they're buffing themselves, I'm starting to sweat a bit. Except, so obviously,
0: I- cro- Croak and his mortal wound, Reigning of Pain. Yeah
1: um, And then, like, you know, against Zinch, I'm not worried at all because, you know, a lot of their stuff, they need to hit you with the spells. So I'm just like, half the time I just show up with my list and I've got the tools ready to rock and roll. It all comes down to removing key pieces. Like, if gits start to become prevalent again, like specifically the Army of Renown with um, the off King, I'm going to be taking um the Icon because I want to be able to shut your wards. I want to be able to shut your... Um, ability to auto-pass Battle Shock, and I will take Argath, King of Blades. Like, no ward, no auto-pass Battle Shock, and that's how I tech into that, for example. against that particular army of renown. Um, But, yeah, against Seraphon, I sort of just... I went into Sydney GT never playing it, so I was like, I'll work it out as I go, and I quickly found that the way to do it was just let them hit you with the spells. Like, let them hit you. Bank on getting that five up, because it's a one in three. Get it down to a four up. It becomes a 50-50 shot, you know, um soul blight i haven't had I've, i've had the pleasure of not having to play them yet but i'd go into them with the same mindset of okay ask them what their key spells are bank my unbinds on those key spells use the ability to pull stuff into bad positions all that all that jazz um what was the other one we're talking about like
0: uh, OBR. OBR, I mean like they've had a few adjustments, but they're still pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, OBR once again, I seem to be able to dodge death like a like a champion. I even doth my I dodged my own death army. I haven't touched it in six months. Um I, you know, they're they're relying on those wards and those those buffing auras. And I have the ability to pull stuff out of range of those buffs. Like back before the Gothazar Harvester got, you know, taken out to the back shed, so to speak. I already had you know, a contingency plan of, like, okay, I'll use my Bloodthirster, I'll just pull that unit of WarTech out of range of the Gothazar Harvester. That way you can't bring stuff back with the Gothazar, you know, surgically start to pick the army apart.
0: And they've probably shifted a little bit from, like, Crematorians or petrifex, mm. and they're moving towards Null Myriad, which plays perfectly in your hand, yeah. given well, that I'm- Null Myriad is all about spell unbinding and, like, spell shrugging at two ups. Cool. Mm. You can two up nothing. I, was I like, got spells
1: for you. I was like, fantastic. Go, go for gold champ.
0: Yeah.
1: And then but Corn I- Mirror match as well. Like that, that can be an absolute, you know, that's like 4D chess. You know, that was um, I I can't remember, can't remember his name, um, but he'll know who I'm talking about. If I played him game one at Sydney GT, it was Demons versus Mortals. And it uh, was cool. it was an absolute um slog fest because it was just the unbreakable anvil of the um, mortals, and then just the unstoppable killing of the demons, and it just came down to, like I said, those blood crushers just pinned the whole army in the corner,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was. And the funny part was, Valkyr has an aura of you can't fall back, and his own Valkyr prevented his whole army from falling back from my blood crushers, <laughs> and I was like, oh, tough break, and it only and it affects corn blood bounce and not just friendly i'm all demons it didn't affect me one bit
0: oh that's brutal oh Oof. yeah Oof. yeah uh okay i mean obviously you know everyone's local meta and like you know i don't play i, I play a lot of gits but i don't play trolls right so even that bringing that to the table you know look i think i think in most cases corn has the tools as why they're doing consistently well in the meta because hmm. regardless of who's on top you have good tools to handle is there anyone that you're like concerned about and or if the meta was to shift to let's say more shooting or some type of other style and you mentioned obviously hordes and things like that is there areas that might be a bit harder for you to handle
1: for me it was um like when i played um chris welfare's um idk with the sharks that was it, it was a combination of the battle plan and that list it was very hard because he can stay out of range of my ability to get to him. And he can just, with the shooting, he can just pick off what he needs. You know, very fast armies that can just out-position me is where the weaknesses come in for Korn, I think. Because even though we've got those hero phase moves, those, you know, 3d6 charges, they do have their limits. And if something can move fast enough to just out-position you, get behind and start picking off those buff characters, I'm in trouble.
0: Speaking of speed, then the other army that I I, I did not mention, and apologies to uh, the Dark Prince, would be Slanesh. Um, given Slanesh has a lot of speed, a lot of shooting.
1: Yeah. So I've I've only had I've only played Slanesh once so far, and that was against um our boy Terrence Voller at um yeah. at Sydney Slaughter. And what we found was it was just a matter of his my wound density didn't play very well into his blissbobs. As well as the five-up ward, like he found that he was having to overcommit resources. And it all came down to if you touch Slanesh first, they're gone. But if Slanesh can just outshoot me, they win. So I'll be on that, I haven't got much experience into Slanesh. Like I'm probably gonna have to hit like Liam up for a game and just get a bit more practice into them.
0: I guess that's where Murderlust, Murder for example, comes into play because if you can shut down the Unleash Hell, which is really yeah. where like, Pretenders wants to do the triple Unleash Hell, the triple All-Out Attack, then 100%. all of a sudden you are mitigating a lot of where their damage is coming from. And yeah. not a lot of armies can shut down Unleash Hell because of things like Murderlust.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, But I don't have too much experience into Duslaneth, so I can't comment too much about how it would go into them. I think that it sort of so comes off, you know, between corn and slanesh because they dropped at the same time, it very much seems like corn has become the army of choice out of those out of the duo from that release. You see a lot more corn than Slanesh.
0: It's a lot of, there is a lot of Slanesh, but I think uh, building like sixty-six bliss Barb archers is something that most people just don't want to do. So Yeah, it uh, it, it,
1: it does it does require some personal sacrifices to build that many. And I think it just comes down to the meta as well as like, it's the magic meta. You're gonna, you're just naturally going to see more Zinch, more Seraphon, you know, just people want to play with their Wizards.
0: Yeah, 100%. And you know what? Now that we're here for 12 months, that might, it's not like the six-month season where everyone just wanted to make the most of it. Now yeah. it's like, uh, I mean, here for the long game, you might find Blizzard, Blizzard might drop off. You might find mm. that people, it's not a great spell for them and, they're investing too much where they could get something, a double frost or another spell law or whatever.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. Two final questions and then we'll kind of bring it home. Um, what are some of the key areas for you uh, – For sorry, what are some of the key areas you see for new – uh, Blades of corn players are, uh, like, slacking in. So uh, are there areas that you would suggest new players focus on? For example, uh, the understanding of when or how to use blood tie points or when to summon units overspending blood tie? Or you answer the question.
1: Yeah. So, you know, because I'm a professional um, goober myself, you know, I had to look back and see how I could improve. A biggest part is, like you said, the blood type, knowing when to use it, how to use it, you know, knowing when to use, you know, a murder loss, knowing when to use a brass skull, knowing like, should I summon, should I use this, you know? And the biggest thing for corn is it teaches you how to use the movement phase because you're going to be thinking two turns ahead. So I think, you know, I don't want to comment too much because I don't like to consider myself, you know, the professional, um, it all comes down to just get your positioning on the table down pat. That's the biggest thing because early on, I always found myself putting myself in bad spots because I didn't think two or three turns in advance. I just thought about the current turn. Then when I to get to the next turn and I'd be like, oh, sh- shit, I should have gone that way. I didn't think about that particular thing. I was like, oh, now I'm out of range of my buffs because I didn't think about that. You know, so you just got to look at the movement phase and then the blood tithe's the biggest one. Know when to use it and how to use it. You know, don't like, don't think, oh, i got eight blood tithes and it's I'm immediately going to blow it all and summoning 20 bloodletters and then realise that that 20 bloodletters brings you nothing. You know, if it turns out that, you know, spending two of them to auto stop a spell gets you a battle tactic, go for it. You know, it's all about getting the points at the end of the day.
0: To go back to a second, you mentioned... Uh planning uh, a turn or two ahead um how what are some examples that you how you can plan ahead like if i was someone who really just plays for the now and yeah uh, i know some players really struggle for like priority role and losing the the, the double because they're not thinking ahead so yeah. like give, give me some examples of how i could get better at thinking ahead
1: for me for me it like, especially with my list like the pin it's like okay you're going to pin the enemy on turn one what are you gonna how are you gonna capitalize on that in turns two and turns three? Like where's your army gonna be in those later turns to capitalize on that pin? Like you don't want to go pinning something and then not be in a position to capitalize on the enemy being held up, you know? So think, all right, um, I need my blood letters to be here. How am I gonna get them there and mitigate the something holding them up? So then it comes down to layering your screens in front of them you know, using murder lust to corner tag a unit that may have threatened your bloodletters. Um, you know, think about the end game, like how am I going to get my grand strategy? If they've got two wizards or three wizards, think about what's the best course of action over these five turns that I'm going to get to those wizards. Am I going to rely on, you know, three blood tie the turn on brass skull or am I going to get my... um? my wrath axe out and chip them away or do I just send my bloodthirster out on like, you know, a hunting mission? You know, don't just think one turn at a time. Like think five turns ahead of how will I do this and just start to visualize on the table. Like I know for some people it's not as easy because I'm a very visual person. Like I like to look at the board and I can sort of visualize where things will go, how things will play out. Um, If you can just practice that, you can be a long way to getting better. Because I found when I first started, I wasn't thinking about turns three, four, and five. You know, I was thinking about just playing turn by turn. And as soon as I started thinking about how will I get this, how will I do that, then my list started to evolve and reflect the ability to score those battle tactics, score that grand strategy, you know, then my summoning box started to fill up because I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to use these. I know I'm going to take these. But yeah, you know, you just got to think about moving um, the the future, essentially of the game Uh,
0: i'll give you another practical example that i think about a lot is um is rally so Mm. uh, i'm in combat and i want to be able to rally and it's like well clearly i can't in most situations so if i position the charge correctly or if i knew i'm going to absorb damage you know if i think about removing models to be outside of three if i know i'm going to get hit and get hit hard I can remove enough models out of combat so that when it goes to the next hero phase, regardless if I win the prio or not, mm. I can yeah. rally.
1: That's 100%. thinking
0: just one step ahead just with the way I remove. Or if I know that I want to stop Blake from getting into combat or, or, or getting onto an objective, i can move yeah. from the back to stop his movement as opposed to if I yeah. remove that at three, mm. he can then go charge and move and be free.
1: Yeah horn it it rewards mastery of the movement phase, I found. You know, if you can master the movement phase, master those hero phase moves, you know, there's a lot of cheeky ways you can position models to get the most out of them. You master that, it, it opens up the whole game. Because at the end of the day, the movement phase is the only phase you control 100%. Like, outside of running, there's no dice involved, there's no randomness, you control it. Like, you get that down pat, and then all of a sudden, the randomness of the dice in combat you know that's what you're worrying about you know i've been saying diff-
0: i've been saying for years this game is a movement game it's not a mm. shooting game it's not a, a uh, it's not a combat game yeah. it's not about who can kill the fastest it is yeah. about movement so yeah
1: and then you know and the biggest thing is you know corn. you will lose a, a fair bit of your model like units because that's just how it's designed but the biggest thing is you just got to play to your outs like I remember when I first gone to AOS and um, I was playing a lot of games with, um, with Joel Graham. He was basically helped me get to where I am. And he was like, play to your outs. You're going to lose a lot of models, but that's just how the army works. Play to your outs. Like you might be down to like three units left, but, you know, summon. like think about how you're going to get these battle tactics, you know, because the game isn't over until you hit round five. You know, there's been plenty of games where I'm down to like, you know, three units, and I've managed to pull a win out because I've just looked at the board and realised, all right, this can go here, this can go here, and I can do this this turn, then next turn I can do this, and that's essentially how you win.
0: And even if um, – I-, I see a lot of people give up, especially when the, you know, the tides of battle around round three you know, are not going their way or maybe they've suffered massive mm. casualties, they almost like mentally give up. And you know what? Yeah. Even if you actually have lost the game, you have got nothing to lose you might as well just go for go for broke and try yeah. for the last couple of battle tactics or to try to stop denying your opponent from scoring their last battle okay. tactic or two. Hmm. play to the full five
1: cuz yeah i'm 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 no saint like i can definitely like death spiral sometimes if it looks like a losing battle like but you just gotta snap yourself out of it like for me especially like sydney slaughter scoring cuz it was all battle points you could lose the game, but still retain a pretty good standing. So you were re- rewarded for playing the best possible game. Even you're going to lose, you were rewarded for your ability to just go hard and get as many points as many battle tactics.
0: Well, my GT was was denial. Like I gave hmm. you, I gave you points for denying your opponent. Yeah. So even if you can't score anymore, how do I stop my opponent from scoring yeah. five out of five? So that in itself is a little game.
1: Yeah, you can just you can go from the mindset of of like okay, I want to win this to like okay, you're gonna win, but I'm gonna make it the most painful win you're gonna have all weekend.
0: Love it, love it. Any final comments that you haven't shared or things that you'd want to tell a corn player before I ask my final question, and then you can kind of uh, say hello to the to the people of the internet and, and shout out your people.
1: Um, if you're a starting corn player, just um, you know. Just, or even just things in general. Things, yeah, just have fun with it. You know, even just AOS in general. Like, at the end of the day, it's just war dollies. You know, You know, win, lose, you know, it doesn't matter, you know. And for me, especially with my particular corn Army, is, like, I'm just lucky that the models I like are the meta at the moment. And I feel like that's the best way to play the game is go with the models you like because they will become meta one day and you'll have way more fun playing them like i played with the corn models i liked back when their old book when it was you know terrible had a great time and now that my book is great i'm having an even better time because it's just all about using the models that you like
0: well yeah. i mentioned that i mentioned my flagellants for example right jokes on everyone i've owned i've owned over 100 flagellants since like 2015 like i've yeah. owned these since fantasy days and finally yeah like it's come up everything's come up millhouse yeah, for me. Yeah, I've right?
1: I've I've owned I've owned my 50 blood letters since I got to AOS in like 2 3 years ago and now it's just like they're good and I'm just like yeah, you know that was an investment.
0: You are ready. ready? Yeah, I mean like, you know, uh, stocks yeah. go up, stocks go down. Blake final question. Yeah, go, 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 go. sorry, keep going. Yeah,
1: and, and in regards to playing at events is the biggest thing I've it helps me as well is don't go in there just looking for wins. Go in there with like, you know, a goal of like i want to score more battle tactics each game or i want to get my grand strategy each game or i just want to score more points and those will translate into wins naturally like going into each game trying to focus on one specific skill like i want to focus on movement this game or i want to focus on pre-planning my battle tactics this game and that will translate into wins instead of just going i want to win because then you can sort of get into like a negative mindset of you might go three two and that's Respectable, but then you're going to hit yourself as, like, oh, I wanted the 4 1 or oh, I wanted the 5 0. But you don't look back and, like, okay, those two losses were respectable losses, you know, because mm-hmm. I still did what I set out to do, which was get better at movement, get better at battle tactics, get better at positioning.
0: Well, yeah. I was saying this actually, someone the other day, like, we we're talking about some tournament prep, and I said, you know, if you go in with this fixed mindset of, I need to go 3 2 or 4 1 what happens if you lose your first two games? Like what type of mindset are you in game three? Where it just, you're just puts like... an
1: immense amount of mental pressure on yourself.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, tr- compete with yourself. Think about like, how do I score my grand strategy every time? How do I get my five yeah. out of five? Obviously you want to win, but like you've got to keep that in check because you, you know, you can, um, yeah, it can spiral 100%. and negatively impact you. Mm.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty much would be my uh, closing statement.
0: Love it. My final question coming from Torrell himself. I, I, I couldn't not ask this question. Uh, <laughs> what is your favourite flavoured popcorn?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I am a fiend for like salted caramel.
0: Salted caramel? Salted
1: caramel popcorn. You know, I'm telling you, it's it's the way to go. All
0: right. All right. I'm more of a classic kind of like salt or, or butter. Um, you know. Keep, keep, it, keep it simple.
1: You know, milk, milk for the cornflakes you
0: know you're tragic yeah
1: that's that's <laughs> well, one thing i will say for new corn plays is just get ready for the sheer amount of like corn puns like there are so many
0: yeah yeah and hey my favorite band is corn so you get to get
1: uh... it's ironic like i love corn but i don't like the band corn myself like i i respect it but it's not my favorite I hate you. Um,
0: <laughs> the end, end of this month, actually, Adidas is doing a collab with corn. So I get to, like, I'm going to buy the corn jacket, I'm going to buy corn shoes. Nice. So so I might have to do another corn show just to wear the corn attire. Because uh, yeah. anything actually happened with corn, just because uh, I get to show off with my corn clothes.
1: Yeah, 100%. If a Valkyrie and if a Valkyrie model comes out at the same time, you'll be laughing.
0: Are you ready? All right. Um, any shout-outs, any people you want to say hello to? And if people want to talk to you, are you on Discord? Are you on Twitter? Like, where can we yeah. chat corn with you?
1: So, yeah, I'm on I'm on um, the sinking ship. That is uh, X, Twitter, um, at, at Dravis, um, which I'm pretty sure I'll just comment on this video. Um, active on the Discord, uh, on the New South Wales one, as well as um, the big AOS one. Uh, shout out to my teammates at Crutchhammer, uh, like Jared, Kenno, Borso, Luke, Alex, Josh. Um, fantastic guys. You know, go away to all the events with them, um, play them all the time. They're just great sparring and opponents for practicing lists and then just narrative casual lists. And, and a special shout out to um, Josh Griffiths. You know, he's like always chatting with him and he's the one who really got me into AOS uh, specifically like fantasy sides of everything always talking to him worked with him for a little bit and it was just all day at work bouncing ideas off each other and it was fantastic so yeah special shout out to Josh and he's also working on a city's army as well same as you like big on the flagellants old school fantasy players he's he's living the dream
0: that's all I can ask for. I'll be kit bashing my war altar with my uh pontifex and I'm gonna have the best time. Yeah. But Blake, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so me. much. No, my pleasure is all mine. Chat, I hope you people listening more than chatters, like viewers, uh, enjoyers mm. of corn. Uh, I hope you enjoyed and found some value in this addition to the many other corn videos we've talked about. Obviously, GHB 23 lens, uh, thinking about Antorian locuses, the primal magic dice, thinking about how we can score some of these harder battle tactics. Uh, if you have some additional thoughts, please let Leave them in the comment section. I'm always curious to Mm. hear. Maybe you are an advocate of the War Altar from the uh, War Shrine. Sorry, I always call it War Altar. The Shrine from the Slaves to Darkness. Maybe you like some of the other shenanigans or maybe there's something that's really working for you. Let us know Mm. in the comment section. Uh, Thank you all to the patrons. Thank you for supporting the channel. And if you've gotten this far and you haven't liked or subscribed, uh, much appreciated. uh, please click the button. We've got plenty of great content like this uh, coming out all the time.
1: Yeah. And if I can, before we go, there is the Crutch Hammer Facebook page. If we're trying to grow that, it's just us Crutch Hammer boys posting up. You know, if you want to get on that and just see a bunch of like Western, you know, Central West boys rolling dice and sinking beers, you know, if that's the content you like, then give us a
0: like. I'm sure all of the Americans and the Europeans would love to see it, and maybe I should clarify at this point. When we say crutch hammer, we're not talking about the Netherlands of like uh, the anatomy. We're talking about like the actual like a crutch that you might use because just like yeah. some people like, oh, join my join, join my Facebook page and, and see all the crutches. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, no, thank you. That's
1: yeah, it. yeah, that 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 all started from um, you know, I always took my um scar brand. Jared always took his um Marathi and you know law always took his or so we're like we're always playing our crutches let's just become crutch hammer
0: with their crutches not with the crutch all right yeah. we're going into weird territory no worries. Blake, blake thank you so much hope you enjoyed it again like subscribe leave a comment and go see blake and his his mates crutches on we'll put a link down below
1: all right no, thank you very much see you
0: everyone bye thanks for hanging around until the end i hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas Now if you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video, as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here, so cheers you are all bloody legends, and until next time, don't roll a double one on a spell cast.